everyone, and welcome to another episode of Winner Winner, a Player Unknown Battlegrounds podcast. This is episode 55. Vikendi equals weekends, and weekends equal parties. And that's why you keep getting third party. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. Hosting tonight, we have MTB Trigger. hey And Griffalicious. What's good? And myself, the one heart. We're here tonight with a new episode and a new year on a new map with a new gun. Guys, I love being able to say we got some new stuff. So, Vikendi, uh, apparently it means the weekend in some Slavic languages. For me, it's like Weekend at Bernie's, where I die and MTP Trigger carries me the rest of the game. <laughs> I mean, there was that uh, guy on The Rock. I the mean- Rock? The Rock! <laughs> yeah, it turns out he was just someone trying to do the Wacky Jacky uh, placement challenge. Didn't even have a gun, but I killed him. I got him. Right. I mean, let's be fair. You've been converted from console to PC for what, like a month? I mean, you got, month, yeah. you got plenty of time before those reasons become an excuse. Yeah, it's going to take a while <laughs> of you being really bad at this game. I can tell you from experience that yeah. it kind of gets better. Yeah, I mean, you just made your video called uh, Why You Suck at PUBG, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I just... <laughs> let me reach like a, a, a decent level of mediocrity, and then I can tell everybody why they suck at the game too. So that, yeah, that was my plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit on the people below you. Just punch down. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> all right. Um, so on this episode, we're going to dig into all things Vikendi, including favorite and least favorite drops, uh, the new weapon, the G36C, the pacing of matches, those third, fourth, and fifth party metas we're seeing here, hmm. uh, the Vikendi pass, the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? Um, and finally, we'll get some new developments in the work for uh, all the platforms there, um, including mobile. So let's go. Let's do it. Sweet. All right. So... Uh, we're going to start with our favorite and least favorite drops. We're going to do this with a format of uh, your favorite hot drop, not drop, honorable mention. This can be your favorite chill drop. It really doesn't matter. And uh, your favorite forced fun location, which would be a toss-up between Cosmodrome, Dino Park, and Castle. Um, anyone want to go first? Hmm. Uh, I'll let you go, Trigger. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, okay. So for me, the hot drop is definitely villa um Mm. specifically the lower portion so i'm a big fan of warm dropping as i like to call it so that lower portion of villa is awesome because that upper part is wide open Mm -hmm. and it's always a slaughter fest so i like being right below it because you end up with you know one or two guys down there there's kind of a mad dash for a gun and if you win that fight you get to move up and kind of clean up so that's kind of my feeling on Villa. Love it. Mostly hate it. But if I'm going to hot drop, that's where I'm going. Um, so not drop for me is the perimeter. <laughs> like I, I hate being on the edge of this map. Um, I'll go there. It's, it's not, man. It's like, it, I don't know. It feels slow if you drop in the middle and it feels way too fast if you drop on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, But I really feel like getting caught out and playing the edge strategy on this map is not fun. It just doesn't work for me. I'm not sure why. I like it on every other map. I just feel like I get shot out in the open every time. Yeah, and it feels like those hard... Like, when you get a hard shift on your second or third phase, it feels way more punishing on this map for some reason than on others. Yeah, I totally agree. It's... You just have no... I mean, there's rocks, there's trees, but... There's just not a lot of vertical cover like you have in, say, Erangel. So mm-hmm. it's really it's really flat with just like these little like 
weird mountain blobs plopped in there that I figured out you can get stuck in. <laughs> right. All this happens with Trigger, too, by the way. It's always just like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Just go on without me. <laughs> just constantly. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, um, we'll get there. Right? Um, honorable mention for me is kind of the west central part of the map in all of those little settlements. Um, when I'm playing solo or like casually in squads, I feel like when I drop there, it leads to the best games because there's almost always two or three squads or other people there. So you get an early fight and then it turns into the, uh, as one heart mentioned above the, uh, above, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're reading notes, huh? <laughs> no, I'm trying not to. <laughs> no, guys, it's going really good. It sounds really natural. Yeah, right. Keep it up. Um, Take two. But right, so you, but you end up with an early fight, and then there's the third, fourth, and fifth party meta where uh, you've just got people chasing shots all the time, mm-hmm. and it leads to really fun games for me. So when I'm not hot dropping and I'm not on the perimeter, I'm definitely going for those houses because I like to chase shots. Fair enough. Yeah. You're yeah, hoping to be that third or fourth guy, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Janitor. I, I usually start it. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of get a bad rap for taking shots and not saying anything. <laughs> Your team's like, uh, what are you doing? Like, no, no, I, I saw a guy over here. So you just decided to shoot and give away our position. Well, uh, you guys didn't want to fight. Right. Usually they, goes. they made me put the uh, soft marker on the on the compass because I always <laughs> shoot first before I say something. Yeah. He, we hear a shot and he goes, I got one? <laughs> and then we just keep going. <laughs> See, the secret to every, every good relationship is communication. Working on it. <laughs> All right, what's, and, that, what's that favorite uh, force fun guy for you? So, for these are rough, man, because that castle is... I, I haven't dropped there a whole lot. Not a big fan. Dino Park is fun to run through, in my opinion. So for me, it's Cosmo. Um, and I've kind of developed a little strat from a big-time failure that I had. And in those huge hangers, I messed up a drop once and landed on top of the hangar. And I dropped in, and I landed on one of the platforms that you normally have to run up onto. And yeah. I ended up having this crazy like shotgun battle and punching a guy out, so I've got a good memory from it. But now when I go Cosmo, I actually drop on the hangar and drop onto those upper platforms because all of the other guys are on the ground running around trying to find stuff, and there's almost always a gun on the platform that connects the two sides. So I take some fall damage to get a gun, and I, whenever I'm up there, that's where I go. You're talking about the two that are furthest northeast in the Cosmodrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, I actually do something similar with that. I land at the little like uh, spot right next to it with the little glass spots, and no one's ever there. And then I just go and clean up whatever's already happening. So I'm, I'm the third party every time on that. But yeah, nice. there's some there's some pretty decent ways to like avoid people for those crucial two seconds there. And there's a lot of like weird underground shit going on there, but it's it's pretty fun over there. Yeah, I feel like I've only ended up in the underground when I'm running away from somebody and I don't know where I am. Yeah, I've I've chased a few people, and uh, there's definitely some scaredy cats down there who shoot you from corners. So there's that. Um, so what about you, uh, Griffalicious? What are your favorites? Uh, you know, it's 
it's one of those weird things where like it, it's a mood like every time you know you fly over the map you're like all right what are we in the mood for and kind of like to switch it up keep the game fresh but <laughs> something about vikendi has got me wanting to really only land at like three spots and very rarely do i deviate from that um probably the place i land the most is if you look at villa and dino park there's a spot just like left of that like if you triangulated those three uh there's this little cluster of like three compounds uh, and one's kind of like baked into a cliff a little bit and in there there was like four or five houses and it's the only place i've ever seen that doesn't have a name where at least three teams land every game it doesn't make any sense to me I, this has not been like publicized or advertised in any way. It's just you think, oh, here's a nice, decent little place I can go. And oh, shit, there's five other teams. Like, Secrets out. Yeah. I'm like, who are these people talking to? Like somebody do it on stream or something. I don't know about it. Uh, so it's that's probably the place I go the most. Um, but I really like Tovar just because, again, it's a centralized location, but it's small enough to where it doesn't get too crazy. You can get in, get out, get some guns, and maybe get a couple kills. Um, and then, you know, choose, all right, am I going to go up towards Villa or Dino Park and just kind of make your way from there? But most recently, uh, I started going to Dobro Mesto. Um, I went there yesterday and walked out of there with like four or five kills. And that is a cool little, little joint. Um, there's like a train station in the middle of the map or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good, just, that's a fun building. Yeah, dude, there's like, there's lots of like fun lines and sidelines. It's like the, it reminds me of a mini um, Lucho Stadium from Miramar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because of the openness plus the verticality of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's an outside element as well. So that I really did. I haven't spent enough time over there because I don't think I've ever been in that. Yeah, it's the biggest town on the outside, but it's. It's got a different feel to it. I don't know. Like it was the first time I'd ever gone there, just kind of on a whim. Like, oh, let's give this a shot, and ended up being being pretty solid. I would say my not drop is definitely Castle. Um, nothing about that place is friendly at all. <laughs> it's. I know that it's trying to be like the next school or the next um, hacienda, but it's just it's it's almost too big in a way. I know that's kind of weird to say, where it's like. You don't. You want a hot drop to be, you know, enough, have enough space and, and loot for everybody. But when it's that big, it almost like towards the end of it doesn't feel like a hot drop. Like you and two other teams could be there and have no knowledge of each other's existence, and it just gets kind of clunky and messy. And you get lost super easy too. I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but I get lost like trying to run around that place because I have no idea where the hell anything is. Oh yeah, I have no idea. And I think furthermore for me. I get massive frame drops in the castle, not mm-hmm. just from the early game, like hot droppers, but if I go there mid game and no one's there, I'm still losing frames like crazy. Yeah. See, I think uh, Villa is more of the school though. If you think mm-hmm. about like the wide openness and the, the how it's a little tighter, I think castle is like a Picado kind of feel like everyone's going there for sure. And mm-hmm. it's, there's like, there's going to be fights spread out across that somewhat larger area but by the end of it only one team's leaving yeah and i i kind of agree with griff though where it's more like hacienda because it's kind of one big giant compound Mm -hmm. and there's like unique features in the entire thing right there's not like duplicated buildings that's true whereas picado has 
you know, it's got the duplicated buildings. There's common features. The stadium's obviously what everybody goes to, but Hacienda is that one where it's like a giant compound with a ton of guns. A few squads can get there and one can leave fully decked out. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's see, leading into the honorable mentions category. Uh, Definitely got to throw some love into uh, Goroka. It's it's big, it's tight. There's sometimes good stuff. There's sometimes not. But I don't know what it is about that little joint. But it it can be fun, but it can be frustrating. I know it's weird. It's you don't know what kind of experience you're gonna get like every time I land there. Because I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit. But son of a bitch, somebody fix this loot. Like <laughs> I'm tired of having submachine gun fights. And. Oh. When you have really, I guess, I don't know, it makes sense because all of these tiny little European towns and they have little corridors and tight rooms and tight spaces and like windows where you can see the other person taking a shit in the building next door or whatever. Like you don't need an assault rifle to be effective necessarily, but I don't know, it kind of sucks a little bit of fun out of the game in, in a sense. Not that the game isn't still fun, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to die with a Tommy gun every game. Yeah, yeah, like give me a chance, something. Um, and of course, Dino Park is just silly fun. There, something to note about Dino Park though that is deceptive to a lot of people. If you want to land at Dino Park and have a decent time, don't land directly inside the park. Land in the parking lot and loot the parking lot. People don't realize that there's actual like decent loot out there on like the boxes and cars and stuff like that. So you can actually go and have the Dino Park experience without getting blasted in the face the moment you land like next to the bumper cars of the roller coaster. And yeah, a lot so of the places know that like that. A quick note on Dino Park: we just discovered this the other night uh, while throwing snowballs at each other. But there's a spot in the Dino Park where there's this like <laughs> little opening. <laughs> I know you know where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. But there's this spot in Dino Park with a. It's some, I don't know what dinosaur it is. I should have looked at it, but you can only prone or crouch in there. And the challenge that we came up with, and this isn't official or anything, but we talked about holding that down with two people back to back because the only way in there is crouching or proning. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like one of those little like slides that you go in through the mouth and then you go into the water and, uh, it's just there's actually i think there's two of them i think there's one underneath the uh underneath the roller coaster and i think the one we were in was just uh right out of one of the entrances to the maze in the middle which is hilarious to fight in the middle of um but i overall don't like actually like going there if i can avoid that spot like i'm doing it for my challenges and then i'm it's just like it seems like a crap crap shoot most of the time now. Yeah, and I think with all of them, it's like, on this map still, I mean, it's relatively new, but it's been out for quite a while now, and I feel like I don't know the towns like I do on every other map. So, like, just hearing that parking lot comment makes me want to go check that out, because I honestly didn't know there was a parking lot at Dino Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I'm just wondering if I'm playing it wrong, you know what I mean? I mean, not that I'm not missing my shots, that's, that's always happening, but, like, even approaching it the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. Um, well, I do appreciate that every town feels unique, but like within theme, obviously, but every major compound definitely has its own thing going on. And the last <clears throat> category that you had on here was the favorite forced fun. 
location. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely for me, and this this brings back a lot of nostalgic memories, and I think that's why I like it so much, is uh, Volnova. Because it feels like a handful of old Call of Duty maps. Like, it reminds me of uh, Turf from Halo 2. Like, just something about that tight inner city. But there's also, like, levels of verticality you can get inside the buildings. Like, dude, I would have killed as a teenager for that map and any of the other shooters that I played when I was a kid. Like, it's just so much fun. It's so tight. And, again, there's plenty of loot on the streets and inside the buildings. And you just you just land and you start looking for stuff. And, I don't know. It... Nowhere is safe. Let's let's just yeah. be honest. Like nowhere on this map do I like. Oh, I can land here and I can walk away just fine with good loot. At the same time, you know you're always going to have to be fighting for something. And I don't know. It's both good and a bad thing for the map. Well, I think part of it is like with how flat we were talking about it. I mean, I'm looking at the map right now, and like there's there's a few elevation points, but those elevation points clearly look over like all this flat kind of terrain. So when you're landing. You can just take a quick look around and realize where almost every team, you know, within your like 500 uh, meters are going to be. So you can kind of like see where you're going to have to go through and already mm-hmm. know that that fight's coming to you or you're going to it, you know? Yeah, and recently with most of the drops that I've had, I'm either playing Vikendi or Sanhok. And when you go back and forth between them, you realize how much vertical cover you have on Sandhawk and you realize how little you have on Vikendi. So it's, it's really actually a good thing. It doesn't feel good when I die from it, but it actually forces me to think about where I'm going on this map more mm-hmm. than any other map. Well, did you guys watch that? I guess it was like the most recent dev diary where they talked about some of their decision choices with Vikendi. Like how they were very compound focused. And if you look at the map, it's not just like like on Miramar, for instance, where you run for, I don't know, 300 meters. And then there's just one little shit shack in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like every 300 meters is, or even shorter, is another compound of like two or three buildings. Like there's always And there's something. rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're definitely stepping up their map game. And, then, and I appreciate how every map is different in a both a good and a bad way it's weird but they actually have managed to make every map feel fresh and unique i just wish there was more like more dmrs and more more opportunities to shoot people when they're doing those 300 meter dashes from spot to spot i mean it's like hey i see like how we're trying to do location focus and we can't help but talk about the loot it's just gonna just seep into everything you know what i mean I think we're going to get back to it as soon as we hit, like, we're going to talk about how shitty the pass is. Oh, I gave something away. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, you don't, you don't get a pass on this, by everyone the way. Knows. What, are your, knows. what are your picks? Yeah, yeah, true. All right, let's finish this up. We'll keep moving on. Um, so my hot drop right now, um, if I'm just dropping solo, um, and Griffey brought it up, is that Dobro Mesto is just, like, a really fun big town. I mean, they, they put a couple pretty decently, like, big and clustered areas on the outsides that make it kind of worth it to go there but Mm -hmm. you gotta be quick with the fighting or possibly drop out early if that if you're getting hard shifted um and i feel like it can be hard to find vehicles and it can be really hard to drive them on this map (laughs) um you just slide around a lot Um, unless you're from the midwest and you know how to drive on ice and snow oh yeah dude i moved driving in the video game midwest and it's awful (laughs) (laughs) 
You just got to let off the gas and just let it kind of steer. It's, it's, you know, it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, and just slow down and let them shoot in the head. Yeah, that's something you deal with in the Midwest, right? You don't have to worry <laughs> about that because you can get level three helmets. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, that right. sucks. that's another thing that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's the loot again. So uh, my not drop is easily Abby because there's just no reason to be there. Um, the main building in Abby has two ways in. That's it. Two ways to get up to the second floor. So you'd think, like, this would be a great spot to hold late game. But you can, like, barely shoot out those little tiny windows, and you can't climb out of them. So, so if someone wants to go and, like, throw a couple things up just to, like, force you away and then, like, run up real quick, you're going to have nowhere to, to go. They can easily pinch you from either side. Um, yep. What so. would you call those buildings that are outside the Abbey? I was, I, in my mind, I'd call them crypts. Is that what you'd call those? It does seem like it's, like, you know, like the church grave or something you know what i mean like a mausoleum right yeah that, and those are awful one. too yeah, there's just nothing there's there, one really. way in you can't really jump out of them yeah. and mm. there's maybe one loot area in each one and they're just super challenging to move between yeah it's just it's underwhelming to go there um I don't, yeah i just i avoid it you know i'll go completely around it and hit everything in between i'll hit all the little shit and just pass that it's just not worth getting into it. And and someone's, people hang out there, too. I think they think that that's a better spot because of the two two ways in, but the sight lines are terrible, and there's just really no reason to be there. Um, there's just forest all around it. Yeah. I think if you had loot and you ended up there, there's enough cover that it would make for like really cool engagements, but I've only been there early game, yeah. and like you, my initial reaction to it was yuck, not coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if, if I have good loot, I I wouldn't want to hold that. Not that I want to hold stuff too long anyway, but it does feel like mid-game you have to kind of, you have to kind of stop every once in a while and hold a compound just to, just to see where you're at to go next, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like forces you to like mm-hmm. slow down and then run, and then you're always fighting on the run. I think we all thought that was like the way that, that was like unique to Sandhawk, but I think this is even more prevalent because people hold and then they, they leave the last second. And everyone's leaving at the last second and and getting in there. Um, I feel like we're gonna have no pacing to talk about by the time we get to pacing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, funny that you bring that up, like because well, I'll just wait. I'll wait. All right, all right. Well, we'll try and save something. Right? There's gonna be like one insight yeah. in the right spot. Um, <laughs> my honorable mention here is gonna be Podvosto. Um, I just think it's really cool. I don't know if it's like the best drop to start at, but I mean, there's a lot of buildings there. But what I really like is the possibility for two teams to roll in, one from like the west and one from the east, and hold either side of that river, mm. and and have some nice, you know, maybe they actually have snipers instead of all the attachments for snipers. And uh, I've just seen some really fun clips of sniping from there. Um, I've done, you know, done a little bit, but there's a lot of help, like a lot of buildings on either side where you can just kind of be quiet and hang out in there, and. Uh, I think it'll be a really dangerous spot to be in as a solo, because um, I think there will definitely be someone trying to get a fun snipe out of those windows, and there's just too many to pick from. So, um, yeah, that's that's gonna be my honorable mention. It's somewhere I just I think I want to head more to, and um, I don't know if that'll be something where I would actually land at like Mount Kresnik and, and roll down, but I want to go and spend a little more time in there and see what's going on over there. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually started dropping there a little bit more, and it's actually the source of 
one of the coolest memories I have on the map, even though I didn't win. Uh, but that new PUBG report site that shows you like when streamers get killed. Oh yeah, you kill them. Mm-hmm. And I had this insane fight by the bridge on the opposite side of pod and then ended up getting hip fired by a guy that forgot how to ADS and watching both streams was hilarious, but he won. So I want to <laughs> go back. I've got to avenge that death, man. Oh wait, was that the one I was sitting watching? You're talking right now by like the ice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You were going nuts too. You were killing everybody like that. That should have been yours. You got robbed, but this dude like jumps over the rock and just sprays you from the hip. And he even says, like, do I don't do? know how I just did that. Like, I should have dead. <laughs> it just, uh, yeah, that was, that was rough. Story of my top tens recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I uh, figured out how to fuck one up recently, too, with, uh, with Basic. But that's on Sandox. We can't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, and then, uh, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, hopefully by then, uh, I will not have fucked it up a few times. Uh, my favorite forced fun location, um, is, going to be castle actually um and this is only being force fun i don't know how much i'll go there after i'm done um landing there five times and getting all the kills which i'm almost done um but it's really fun trying to land up on the like top wooden balcony facing the inner court landing Mm -hmm. there first getting the stuff up there and you know flushing out that whole building and then just starting I, I don't ever try and cross through the middle. Just keep going, building the building, trying to get those fights, and uh, getting scared by the knights that sit in the uh, sit there in their armor in the corner. They're, yeah, uh, what is up with Blue Hole with randomly putting in props that look like human beings? Can we knock that shit off? Uh, Past yeah, two maps have had that, just, and, and I'm I'm good. Like we're just trolling us. Manly looking bushes and mannequins. It's just not okay. Oh, dude, I've <laughs> I've been playing. Is that busher dude since day one? I don't. I don't know why they need to help me be shittier at that game. Yeah, I feel like they're always looking for a small way to troll us. Like that uh, that balcony you're talking about is it the one that connects the two like towers, or are you talking about a different one? Yeah, yeah. No, the one side of the tower is like kind of broken. The other one's more of like a uh, like a zigzag staircase, though. The one's an actual spiral. The other one's like a zigzag. But it's the it's like there's a wooden balcony. You can't. You couldn't. It'd be awesome if you could snipe out of Castle and and into it. But the way it's worked is like you can only get in and out and shoot in and out um, right into the middle of the courtyard and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, it'd be like probably a pretty OP sniper canopy, and it'd just be really. It'd be way scarier to go to Castle if that was facing out. Well, well I'm sure they probably thought about that. That goes through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many reasons to pass through there ever. Um, I think that might oh, be partly no. the ice that's all around, but I mean, it's just pretty easy to just be like, yeah, we're going to avoid that that whole thing. Right, and I've got a few kills on people driving that road, which just shocks me every time because it's narrow, it's actually hard to navigate, mm-hmm. and you <laughs> you can mess up in so many ways. I mean, if you freak out and pull the wheel one way or the other, you're going off the side and then you're just really dead. Well, yeah, there's shit in the way, too. Like, yeah. They just, just put stuff in the road like a bunch of dicks. Yeah, they love to do that. They love it. Yeah, so I think I think the castle's pretty fun. It's definitely definitely really crazy. It's still really crazy with the uh, Vikendi Pass making you go there. Um, so it's, it's good for the hot drops. That, that Vikendi Pass is definitely forcing the fun on you. 
Oh yeah, it's it's force fun, but we'll get into that. I do want to uh, before we get into that, I want to I want to dive in to the new weapon that we got here. We got the oh, G thirty six C. What do you guys think about the uh, the micro Uzi? Oh no, no, not the gun you always use, or the no. VSS. No, yeah, I swore G36 these thirty six because I never fucking used them before. Um, is but it now just I me? Get to use them all the time. Yeah. Um, is it just me or? Is the G36C just like an ump on steroids that takes five five six? Because I mistake it for that all the time. Not in not in pure performance, but I just like I look at that and I think, oh, I don't want that. It's just an ump. <laughs> and then I well, see the, the green. Kind of looks like it. Like while you're holding it, it kind of looks like an ump too. So I I can totally see where you'd get that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is the new five five weapon. Uh, they replaced the scar again because they hate the scar. And I hate them for it. Um, it's a compact sub-carbine variant of the German G36C. Um, and the stats um, compared to the M416 and the SCAR um, aren't too surprising. Did you guys look right. at that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Wacky Jackie put out that video like within the first couple of days of it being out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as is to be expected. a good video. I mean, yeah. Right. Where would we be without Wacky Jackie? A little um, Danish man's doing all the science. Yeah. <laughs> all the work for him. Um, so anyway, deals 43 damage per bullet before modifiers, just like all the 5.56. Five, um, bullet speed is 870 meters per second, which is identical to SCAR and slightly slower than the M416, which fires at 880. Um, the M16 fires at 900 meters per second. Been nerfed so many times recently. I don't think you should ever hold on to that. Don't use it as your budget DMR. Just use mm-hmm. any of the others. Um, it's it's not that much of a difference, and you can still go auto. I still like the M16, man. I just I do. I I love putting a 6x on it. I don't think I'll ever be able to not do it. I, I think I would Stockholm just, syndrome at this point. Yeah, you're just holding on, holding on to the good times with it. <laughs> when, when it could burst fire and hold the 8x oh man when it could when it could Bring single it when it could single fire fast enough now it feels like that's like all messed up but, oh yeah um, they just that's the most recent nerf right yeah and i think the, that yeah. that killed it so we don't know the body impact power or aim punch of it yet but if this is you know really the scars replacement we'll assume that it does around nine thousand um body impact power um and then the M4 only does 3,500. Um, does that make a big difference? I think it could in a close quarters fight, but if, if this is a shot, you know, shots at range, I don't, I don't think you need to worry about that. Um, so just go with whatever feels better. But it feels like the G36C is that closer to mid-range, where the M4 just feels a little more versatile. Well, and it seems that Blue Hole is, is taking all of these AR opportunities to make something that is thematic uh, to whatever region. So the, the QBZ is actually a you know, an Asian weapon. And then of course, Sanok is supposed to be like that, uh, uh, Eastern Pacific sort of island, like Southeast Asia sort of thing. And then of course, uh, with the Kendi being more of that European vibe, that's where you get that, that G36 C is, you know, that, like you said, that, that German, uh, assault rifle. So mm-hmm. shouldn't we have the DP 28 then back? You right. would think like, where's that? I, I like the pizza gun. I want to, I want to kill people with the pizza gun. Why don't know, we have more light it. machine guns, and just in general? Just give me the M4. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you want? It's As much as I like the G3, and I'm comfortable with it now, 
I, I don't see myself switching off the M4. I just don't. It's such a comfortable gun because it's been around. They've, right. even those minor nerfs they've done to it, it's still the one that's most comfortable for me. So while I am happy when I run across an AR on Vikendi and it's a G3, if I run across an M4 in almost any situation besides the end game, I'm still picking it up. Right. Fair enough. It's, it's just too perfect of a gun. The only beef I have with the M4 is that it takes too much to get it fully kitted and to, you know, reduce all that recoil and make it easier to use. But if you go through the trouble, then it is the easiest gun to use. So it's it's a weird double-edged sword. Yeah, when I have it, I'm definitely spending way too much time looking for attack stock, which I pass nine in the first buildings. Right. Yeah, and then you're like, well, I've seen 17 of them already, so I'll just wait until I find it. It's not, you know, it's it's almost as plentiful as DMR suppressors oh, right. <laughs> on this map. Um, Before we go into loot too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up something that I've never really spent a lot of time thinking about but you mentioned aim punch right and, mm-hmm. and re- replacing the scar and i guess i've definitely experienced when like if i'm trying to line up a you know bolt action with the m24 car 98 shot and i get hit with something it's really noticeable then with the aim punch when you miss that shot and it's obvious why mm-hmm. but i guess i don't know where aim punch is super effective outside of that and if that's a reason to pick up the g3 like it is that a close quarters thing is it a mid-range thing i've hmm. honestly not really considered that what do you yeah do you i don't i don't know if think it about that works yeah i don't know how how it works at range like if there's a, like is there a fall off in body impact power if it's still doing the same damage i would assume or, or just barely less i would assume that it's still gonna hit hard too right but I don't know. Where does it, it play the most advantage to have the higher aim punch, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't honestly know that it does. Like I, I know for me personally, you know, as much as I've played this game, I don't think about aim punch unless it fucks me. It's like taxes. Like I don't think about my taxes until it's like the end of the year, and I'm like, shit, I owe how much? And then aim punch is the same exact way. It, it it never affects me. Like if I'm running and I lose my armor, I'm like, oh shit, I lost my vest. But if I'm trying to line up that perfect little shot. And then I get hit in the chest and my fucking reticle jumps up in the air. And I'm like, all right, seriously, I had to get aim punch right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you only appreciate aim punch when it happens to you and you're like, wow, that's powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and, uh, I don't, and that's just it is like, I don't know the engagements that I've won because of aim punch. Yeah. So I don't think about it actively while I'm deciding between weapons. Yeah. Right, because like in Call of Duty Blackout, when you break somebody's armor, you get a an audio cue that tells you that that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PUBG just just guess. I don't know, just a little bit of blood, you know. That's it. Right. Um, right. Which I couldn't even see for a long time before I got the colorblind settings. So thank you, Tritantopia. <laughs> <laughs> now I can see I'm hitting people. That was honestly that was like a huge like breakthrough for me for the game was getting that because then I could see that I was getting my shots. And then more really? like consistently replicate the shots, <laughs> and then I was actually like leading my you know sprays and stuff. When I was still on Xbox, so hmm. I, I think I actually really really need that shit. I'll be damned. Yeah. So if you're kind of color deficient, like me, there you go. Use that. Do you have like having a green circle moving in on you instead of blue? Yeah. Well, I really like the the pink zone. You know, it's 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 cute. <laughs> oh, you got the it, pink it zone. Doesn't, doesn't yeah? It doesn't feel like too 
too bad. I'm like, ah, hey, girl. What's the worst that could happen? You know, girl, you look good today. And then it's just like, you know, most girlfriends it just shits all over you. <laughs> it's like being chased uh, by a really dangerous drag queen. Yeah. Hey, sweetie, come here. Let's come have some fun. You're like, damn it, I can't. I know you look fun, but I don't. I got to do other stuff. I got to get out of here. <laughs> Next week, Cheryl. <laughs> you just leave. Uh, <laughs> I promise I'm not sketchy. <laughs> There's some people that hang out way too long in the pink zone, just saying. Yeah. Well, they're all they're stopping their vehicle and getting off. Can we get a petition to start calling it the pink zone? Yeah. yeah. Regardless of your colorblind settings, it's no longer the blue zone. It's the pink zone now. I don't know if I can say that in game in a challenging situation without breaking my concentration. Guys, I'm getting shot from the pink zone. Oh god, the magenta. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. doesn't sound dirty at all. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we're going to have like kids saying and the parents will be like, "I don't know what these kids are doing, something magenta." Uh, I don't know. They're just smoking colors. Jesus Christ. Who taught you the pink zone? <laughs> Daddy, what's the pink zone and why is it always fucking people? <laughs> oh god oh shit the speaking loot. of getting fucked by things the loot yeah the loot um everyone's <laughs> talking about it um people are already trying to be like no it's it's okay but you gotta go a decent chunk of time with without having the right shit or having like, like you're playing squads i think it's really noticeable where mm-hmm. you see someone off in the distance and two of you are actually kidded so you're like you're happy and then uh, someone else is like, I, I got a 2x, I'll just, I guess I'll watch her back, which is good, because that's going to happen too. <laughs> you're going to need that, but uh, there's just a lot of times where you're like, I need a scope, or I need this. Um, but lo and behold, you have an ump with 500 rounds, you have you know all the sniper attachments you'll ever need, just no sniper. Yeah, alright. And as you were saying this, it just it occurred to me, I, like an epiphany. So everybody put on their tinfoil hats because I think I figured this shit out. Blue Hole is very proud of their work, and I don't blame them one bit. They work really hard. They deserve it. You can tell they put a lot of time into these art assets and into making these buildings look neat and unique. So they decided now, if we give them shitty loot everywhere, it'll force them to have to go to each and every one of these compounds and keep looting up until the final two circles of the game. You know, like assholes. Yeah. And that will completely change everybody's play style. You know, the way the game used to be, or how it always has been. And I removed my tinfoil hat about a minute ago. You're on I, I think that's the problem with this map. And it, comes, it affects more than just the loot. But I think that's the problem with the loot, is that it affects every aspect of the way the map is played. Um, from a micro to a macro level because regardless if you land in a big populated area or a small area and you're trying to scrounge through the scraps of whatever you can find it forces you to keep going from compound to compound to compound and I know that they were touting that as something that they were trying to encourage by putting all these compounds like sort of tightly clustered but really it's just inconvenient and a little inefficient that you're having to keep looting way longer than you should be And I think at the end of the day, like, it doesn't feel good to have a good game, whether it's a squad, a solo duo, whatever. You don't feel you earned it. Yeah, you get a couple kills and you loot them and you've got, uh, you know, 400 9 mil, but everyone in the squad's still rocking hollows and 2Xs 
and you're moving into the mid-late game, and you know you can't go in a big compound without starting a fight, and you know if somebody engages from range, you're just screwed. It just mm-hmm. feels like a giant camper's advantage. If For sure. you get, if you get a, if if you're in a, say you're just in a duo, because you know we're already saying it's kind of hard to get enough for four people um so you do end up having to do a lot of looting but say you land in a good spot you won two fights and you're in a duo and both of you have you know your level twos and threes a level three helmet and you guys got that snipe there's no reason not to just go sit in the middle of the zone get a spot keep moving in the middle of the zone and just wait and not Mm -hmm. fight until the top 10 and then you know while the other team had shit loot and got you know third fourth and fifth partied and are like limping in there with no helmet and still, you know, just using like a 2X on the, the DMR they finally found, which is silenced. So, you know, they got that going for them. But like, you're just sitting there with your level three helmet and all your gear and you're just good to go. But the one thing about the loot on this map that's really cool and unique is it seems to really reward going for crates, even though level three helmets spawn all over the place because of the ghillie suit. The yeah. white ghillie. The Yeti oh suit. Oh my gosh, the greatest invention ever. It's so white. You blend you blend right in. Um mm-hmm. and if you pop a smoke and are running in and out of that, you're you're invisible. It's really ridiculous how much you can just be hidden in plain sight. You don't even realize it sometimes until you're like looking at the visor of their level three helmet. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh shit, this guy. Man. Oh god, and he's angry, you know. Yeah. You know, I think back on your point, though, about getting uh, like third, fourth, and fifth party in a, in a gunfight, uh, I think there's a couple of different mentalities at play there. One is it's a new map, and even with Sanok, that was a really bad problem for a long time, and you just kind of – people sort of dipped out of it, but you also learned how to play around it at the same time, so it became less egregious, but you also became more aware of it, um, was that every time there was a gunfight, everybody in a – 500 meter radius just collapsed on that because they're so you're like, bored <laughs> right you're like you're just a bunch of thirsty bitches running around trying to find some kills but in vikendi it's different because yes you want the kill but you also want to rifle through their shit <laughs> like, you need that loot exactly yeah so you're like dude there's three teams over here i bet you they got a bunch of decent stuff like the odds of finding good stuff after everybody else is dead is much higher uh, whereas in Sanok, you're not really looting anybody after your second or third compound. Yeah, and that's another part. Like you get third partied and stuff in on Sanok a lot, but there's two different things at play. There's verticality, right? Mm-hmm. So you can you can dip in and out of cover really easily. They got those rocks are perfect. And they're all over the place in, on Sanok, and the loot is so good that you are kitted up. So you're just doing the fast loot. You're just right. grabbing his vest. You're just grabbing, you know what I mean? You're grabbing the new helmet or whatever, and a few meds and you're out. You're not deconstructing a weapon, putting everything on it, and, you know, getting rid of all your old ammo, getting new ammo. You're, you know what I mean? You're not doing ten different things. So you just end up getting one person just getting shot in the head. Um, yep. Um, and this isn't going to be an episode where we talk about smokes, but you feel like you need them a lot just to loot um, way more on this map. Especially They're with super how important on this map. Especially with how well the smokes kind of. If you're on a big patch of snow, it's kind of hard to tell that that's a smoke. If you're just looking at way more snow around it, you're like, "Wait, what smoke?" And then you finally realize that that's like a plume of white, where it's you know there probably should be a rock there or something, or there's a top of a tree. And you're like, "Oh, oh, I'll, I'll wait for that to vanish." But then you're ready another, to go by the time that happens. Another tinfoil hat moment. 
I think Blue Hole was probably <laughs> thinking to themselves, you know, I really don't feel like people are utilizing all of the throwables in our game. How do we fix that? Uh, force people to go inside buildings where other people might be. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. If you watch, if you watch any kind of streamers right now, I feel like I've seen more Molotovs thrown in the last month than I had seen in the entire prior year. Dude, they're they're hoarding them, like they're three great. Molotovs, they're pretty good, and and smokes and just regular grenades, but also even even the stun grenade. Like everything is getting a little bit of action right now because of the the compound meta that's happening. Right, and I, I have one other kind of point that. I think it's actually a positive on this map and it's to me, it wasn't that obvious, uh, but it's the VSS Mm -hmm. and it may seem silly, but I, the increased SMG rate means you're going to have nine mil in the early game. Like you almost always have nine mil. And I feel like on all of the other maps, I feel like the VSS is rare. And I kind of thought about that. I'm like, well, I do run across it. But because the loot is better, I rarely pick it up unless I'm like, I really want to mess with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not whereas thinking about on, using it. Yeah. Whereas on Vikendi, I've actually been finding it a lot early game and keeping it well into the mid game. Because when you poke at somebody in the mid game with the VSS, they run around with their head cut off trying to figure out what's going on. And it's a super fun gun to play with. And when you have no reason to drop it for another gun because you can't find one, I found myself using it a lot. And I think it's it's really underrated on this map. It's the trolliest weapon of all time for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just one of those guns that doesn't lend itself to taking into a late game in a squad moment, right? Because you just have to stick your neck out a little too long with it to you know, to get all the you know, get the full burst out and stuff. I mean it can be really fast, but, but I just don't imagine. feel like a full squad with one? Imagine a white ghillie suit and a VSS with 400 ammo and an extended mag. Oh my god, and, and a vector <laughs> to back it up. Silence I well. am the knight. <laughs> no, 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 you'd be the day man. I'm <laughs> the day. Ruler of the right, night I, man. I don't know that you Master of killed. destruction, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was master of karate. I don't know. Oh yeah, it is. Send me to hell. Um... <laughs> And I don't even watch Always up. Sunny. God damn it. Yeah, the Philadelphian messing up the Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> quotes. Yeah. You had one job. One job, yeah. And that was to, tend, that, that was to pay attention to the bar, and, and look what happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so, yeah, the loot just, it could be modified. It's not the worst. Another another thing that seems to have uh, been on the rise is is the use of crossbows. Oh, I was getting. I was hoping you would bring that up because I was thinking of the same thing. Yeah, I have been picking up the crossbow just because it can. It has the potential to actually one shot somebody, and I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck it. At least that's a chance. Like, <laughs> someone was telling me, and I, I've never really looked into it, it a, that a headshot can is like one of the few things that can uh, go through a level three. Someone yeah, that that and the AWM are that's, the only two. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I never. Yep. No one ever told me that. Like at all. Cross crossbows OP, dude. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I was watching, um, Chaco and Boom the other night, and Boom was actually just completely blaming Chaco for that, because he's been picking it up so much and, and doing so much destruction. But yeah, that, that, and, and I mean, it's another thing, it's just, it's so scary <laughs> to have one of those go by you at any point. You're like, oh my god, someone's got a fucking crossbow. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah. 
Good. You have to remember, like when you hear that and it misses, you have to remember that that person's freaking out now. Yeah, yeah, they're because it feels like it takes ten minutes to reload when you miss that shot. Oh yeah, they're trying to unlock a car door in a horror movie, just trying not to drop the keys. <laughs> no, but that pullback too, it's just like, oh, yeah, it just feels like you're trying to sneak somewhere in a horror movie, and you're trying to like be quiet, and it's like, and we're fucked. Um, all right, so we would like to see a little bit of a shift in the um, in the guns, I think, and bring the DP. And up the ARs and up the snipers. I, I don't know. I just I like playing with higher powered guns. I don't think we should have everything. Maybe make attachments harder to find. Make us get used to using like stripped down ARs or something. But God, don't don't make me play with the micro Uzi all game. You know. Here's the here would be my request, and it's pretty simple, right? They, they brought this map out on the test server. There hasn't been a major shift done with the loot. Now, granted, you could go customs and you know mess with it, but I'm surprised that there hasn't been a significant change just to test it out to see how the entire player base feels. But I think it's really safe to say that no one loves the loot on Vikendi. Mm-mm. No, and that test server is really just to like to put it out there and make sure it's not broken, and then go, okay, cool, it's fine, and then just put it, push it to live. Right, because it was kind of everyone thought like level three helmets was just a test. Right, everyone's like, oh yeah, they're just seeing if yeah. we like it again. Oh wait, or all the SMGs, like, oh surely they're gonna fix that. Like everybody's been so vocal, there's no way they're gonna fuck. They left them, mm. right? I'm not gonna bitch too much about it because you know if you do have a decent game, you're gonna have that by the end. But it just feels like a lot of squad games, especially, um, fizzle out because someone's severely underpowered when things go. Yeah, wrong. especially especially because we're supposed we're supposed to champion this game. Uh, for the community <laughs> and we're not doing a good job if we're like yeah this map's okay and the loot's fucked but it's still fun i mean but hey, I think- it's the most beautiful map they've made and like the towns oh, are awesome to fight in down. there's so many different opportunities for fights mm-hmm. yeah but it's I don't easier to be- complain sometimes yeah I, but i don't want to sound like we're i don't think we're we're not sitting here saying this is horrible it needs to change now we're not going to play it we're not going to queue it no I still you know, what i've noticed is some of the bigger streamers that basically quit PUBG and went over to blackout which i did for a month as well when this map dropped a lot of those guys are back playing and they're playing everything mm-hmm, right and yeah. you see them having fun again and i think the state of the game right now is it's really stable as far as frames go compared to the past and i think overall they've they've they have been fixing it it's just mm-hmm. not in these massive chunks like we wanted but people are sticking around because of this new map and enjoying the old maps again mm-hmm. because it's like oh we have something to compare it to that's very different in loot and style and it, it, for me personally, it's got me back into this game playing just PUBG for the last, you know, month, month and a half. That's pretty much exclusive. Well, and it's interesting too, like, you know, talking about the meta of this game, you don't really think about first person shooters like having a meta necessarily. Um, you know, they are just kind of what they are. But as somebody who's played League of Legends for six, seven years now, like that is a game that's constantly evolving. Now you only have the one map, um, but they'll make subtle changes to it. But you know they're always buffing and nerfing champions and items and stuff like that. But with this game, I feel like weapons kind of just are what they are, with very minor tweaks here and there. I know you guys, you know, 
talking about the M16, but I feel that what differentiates the playstyles in this game is each map. Every map is played very differently from one another, and that is what defines the meta. It's it's match to match. It's not, you know, patch to patch. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. No. Right. And just getting that, like, a, yeah, you're you're speaking the same language. Getting that little bit of different interaction with the game and with the gameplay on this map makes you really appreciate the other maps again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I find it that we're at a place now with this like fourth map where. At first, it was just Arangal, and and it was perfect. You know, everyone loved it. It just seemed like a perfect map at the time. And then we got Miramar. We were excited for it at first, and then they kind of hated it. And then they were just like, give us something new. And then Sanha came out, and it was... People loved it, right? And everyone was like, we're just playing. We're getting our guns. We're good. Then they played it for a while. They're like, I'm tired of getting shot in the back. I'm tired of third parties. So they started playing more of the other maps, but they were still complaining and shit. But now that we have four maps and they all have such distinct flows and like, you know what I mean? Like an Erangal game is, is going to be way different than the way you approach Sandhawk or Vikendi. You know what I mean? Everything just has its own approach. Um, I think it makes people appreciate those things. And like, I'm seeing streamers who are like, dude, we got, we got, uh, we got the desert map. Let's go. And they're like freaking out. They're like, let's not, let's not ruin this. Let's drop like, let's drop more. I want to have an end game here. Like I want to have a sniping match at the end because they're not getting it when they're on Vikendi, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So it's just interesting how that's really highlighted it. And regardless of whatever blue hole decides to do with this game, I think we can all rest assured that Ashik is still going to land boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> the king of boot camp. So, I mean, we've been talking about pacing with every little mention here and and how that works. Um, But one of the things we haven't talked about is the size of the first circle and what that tends to do for the match. Um, What do you guys think about the size of it and and how that first rotation tends to play out? It's got to go. It's too damn big. I... I tend to agree, and it's kind of the reason why, as I was looking back at all of our picks for our favorite hot drop, honorable mention, and family fun, forced whatever, mm-hmm. all the Fs, <laughs> almost all of our favorite locations are in the center of the map, mm-hmm. or at the very least on like the poles, right? So like Dobrovesto, you guys like, and that's on the West Coast, but it's central, and everything else we like is in that like meaty piece of land in the middle. Be- and I think it's because that circle is so big. It, everyone knows it's going to collapse into the middle and no one wants to run the entire game and then get shot when there's 30 alive because you've been running forever. It, it feels yep. like you do more running in this game from the perimeter than even Miramar. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing with Miramar is like, Stuff was spread out enough, like you just kind of accepted it. But like the way that those compounds were spread out, you knew that there was a good chance that like, even though I'm up over here on the left, he's probably up over on the right or, you know, whatever. Like the odds of you running into somebody was a little bit less until you kind of centralized a little bit. But, you know, Vikendi, that circle almost always lands. Something in the middle is in it every time. 
just based on the size of the map, and that just is what it is. But if they shrink that circle down a little bit, then even if you did land in the middle every single time, there's a chance that it could still hard shift somewhere else and you potentially not be in it. Yeah, and I think another thing is, like, you can talk shit, or you it was easy to talk shit on Miramar, right? Because uh, it, was so, it was so big and everything's so spread out. But when you have to run for a long time in Miramar and you do finally get to that next town, you know that that's also going to have more good loot. Like, there are very predictably good spots to get loot all over that map. You're not going to have trouble getting kitted out for that fight. It's just finding the fight, getting there, and often getting caught in the middle, in the open, right? And then learning how to play the, the, the rolling hills. But on Vikendi... You see houses the whole time, and you just keep running over stuff you don't need. You know, you know, you're always fine on meds. You know, getting meds isn't a problem. Getting attachments isn't a problem. It's just finding the heavier firepower, which seems to get pretty annoying. Yeah, these compounds feel like that thirteen dollar check your grandmother gave you as a as a child for your birthday, but she's still doing it well into your twenties, and you're like, I've got bills and shit. This isn't doing any damage mm-hmm. to my debt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just, it, I think it just comes down to loot. Like, I wouldn't mind half of the stuff if, you know, if, if the circle was hard shifting on me a lot and uh, vehicles were easier to find and I had enough guns that when I got off of that vehicle, I'd be okay. Or if I have to run, I at least know I could take a fight at range. You know what I mean? Um, wouldn't be so bad, but not having, not having a gun that can shoot over 100 meters with any reliability is going to kind of discourage you at a certain point. But it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? You're going to have a lot of good games, but there's definitely those those games that make you question it a little bit. And it's kind of tough, too, as a player, because you want to be constructive with your feedback, and you want to support the company for you know putting in the work, giving us new maps, giving us new content, which is awesome. Like, they could have just settled at the one map or they could have done the Fortnite route and just said, hey, we're going to take the one map and just make it this ever-evolving beast and, and be done with it. But oh, Thank God they didn't. I hate that model. I hate that. I really hate that model of, like, we're going to evolve the map. It's like, no, I like learning a map. Give me more maps. You know what I mean? I want to learn the cool little, like, spot in this place that's, like, a perfect little hidey hole, like the, you know, spot that uh, Trigger and I were talking about, like, People just snipe out of this one day just to just to fuck with somebody. If that were to change, yeah, we had to get the Dino reference back in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like th- I like those things where you know the map. It's learning how to use it the best. I feel like it just throws off a lot of time spent in the game, especially if you're not just like someone with God tier aim. Sometimes knowing the map really well is what's going to set you apart from the other players. Knowing where people are going to rotate, which we don't really know that on Vikendi, but like we don't know, like it's not that predictable to us yet. Like we've figured out San Hawk and the, the pacing on other maps, but mm-hmm. we don't know where everyone's coming from, and uh, it can make it a little hard. What I was going to say was, and you just bring up the good point there that I I don't like. I agree with you. I don't like the evolving map idea. Because one of the things I love is I've found all of these fun little choke points that I use in different scenarios. And while some of those will change, like, you know, when they took out buildings on Miramar, well, that that ruined some of the things that I like to do. But it wasn't a massive change. Whereas, and again, I don't play a lot of Fortnite, haven't at all. But when they completely redo sections of the map, it's like all this experience I had learning strategy is now gone. 
Yeah, and it's just like I, you know, there's. I remember just seeing things change. I'd be like, but I really like that spot. Like that was that was a charming location. Like the early days of Fortnite to me were really charming, and like it was cool. It was so different. Um, and I wasn't wasn't self aware yet. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't. uh, I didn't run away with everyone's money. Um, right. But it just by the end of season three, um. I had found PUBG, and I was really just over everything that was Fortnite, you know. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just done. Um, and I've just, I'll check in every once in a while. I mean, like, I'll just see them landing somewhere. But like, what? Where are they? Like, I know it's one map, and yet I don't know what any of this stuff is. Yeah, can't take a break. You, you won't have any fucking clue what's going on. Oh, and then the way they like they introduce things and vault things, and I, I wouldn't know the first. I wouldn't know where to begin if I were to jump back into that game. Well, and that's, that's what I was going to get to with this is like, um, even though I, I appreciate all the work and I'll, I'm going to continue to keep playing PUBG because I'm addicted to it at this point, but, uh, there is, you lose a sense of player choice and player agency when you make creative design decisions that are going to dictate how the game is played. Again, with the loot. That's just one pillar of it. You know, the other, obviously, the biggest one is map design. Like, I design a map to be played this way mostly. Uh, you know, there's still, like, tons of choices, and obviously, you can go anywhere you want, and how you decide to do what is totally up to you. But when they limit your tools of effectiveness as a player, and then at the same time, you know, having the circle be as slow and as deliberate as it is, it it's tough, you know? Because now it's like, I don't really feel like I have as much choice or as much freedom as I did with some of the other maps, because now I'm being forced into these highly populated and densely placed locations uh, just to try to find something. Whereas, you know, other places just, it just didn't feel that way. Yeah, it's stressful, man. When you're running into a big compound or a group of houses that you think may have somebody in it, it's it's a different feeling on this map. Maybe time will tell differently though. I mean, again, this is early and I remember thinking a lot of negative things about Sanok, but you know, now that it's kind of like chilled and everybody kind of just figured out a way to play their own way, it doesn't feel that differently anymore, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I think we've covered a lot of Vic itself. Um, and how, you know, the way the map plays all the new stuff in the map. Um, so I think it's time to talk about, the Vikendi Pass, you know, the good, the bad, and the are you kidding me? So the the first pass, the um, Sanok Pass, was pretty good, right? I mean, I know there was a little bit of controversy around it, but it had pretty much died away with people by the time I ended up playing it myself when I was playing Xbox. And I, I found the missions to be fun. I found the pass to be fun and gave you a reason to do something different, especially in solos. Like, you're waiting for your friends to get on. Solos were Solos are great when you're learning how to play the game, but I think after a while, you know how to play the game. PUBG feels like a game that's best played with a friend, you know? Um, that teamwork is what makes a win feel really rewarding. I mean, it's great to be the only reason that you won, but it's it's better to share that with somebody, right? Yeah, and especially if you have someone to blame, too, it makes those losses feel better. Oh, yeah. yeah and I, yeah. I, de- I, I kind of <laughs> disagree with that. I, I'm, I'm somebody, I love solos. I I just love that mode, and I've it, I, I actually had to consciously make the decision to play more squads and duos because I was kind of a solo artist. 
Uh, I learned this game playing with a squad, and then as they started peeling off into other games, and they still come back from time to time, but I played a ton of solos and fell in love with that. So I'm a, I'm a little different in that aspect that I prefer solos and have had to learn how to play squads. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with squads, um, as anyone who's played with me is uh, pretty well aware of at this point. Um, I'm fine with it on Xbox now because I feel pretty comfortable with it, and I more or less know what I'm doing. I don't know. I I can't really say one way or the other if it's like just the difference in um, everyone else's skill that makes me feel like I'm always out of position right now, but I feel like I'm, I'm out of position. I'm just not able to like handle the threats in squads right now. So I feel most comfortable in like duos these days. Well, this is definitely a whole conversation to be had at some point. I mean, definitely do a show about this, but being somebody who only plays solos, you're going to have a harder time getting into squads. And and Trigger, you brought this up earlier already, is the fact that when you see somebody, you just start shooting. Like, you don't think about it. Like, I'm not going to... You don't think to call this dude out, say where he is on your map, how far away, if he's running left to right, right to left. Like, you just start shooting because... That's it's, all you need to do. It's habitual at that yeah. point. Yeah, that and I gotta take that guy out <laughs> now. Or you see, you see two of them, and they're like easy pickings in your head, right? And you just start shooting mm-hmm. them, but you have no idea where three or four is. Um, oh. Whereas in solos and duos, you're like, all right, I got you know. In solos and duos, there's no reason not to shoot because if you down the guy, even in duos, now you only got to look out for one other guy, and there's two of you up, you're good to go, right? But I, yeah, I just I have a hard time keeping track of where all the other guys are um, and picking my positioning to wall people off and, and you know get the one on ones that I need, even though it's technically like a two on one in that situation. Like I just I don't know I gotta I gotta just play more solo squads. I think that's the best way to get good at squads is to play it by yourself for a while to learn that positioning and then playing with your team will kind of fall into place. Well, thankfully, we had the Vikendi pass to force us to do things differently. Right. Yeah, and but I, this I is a weird a different. <laughs> it is weird different. You're you're not wrong, uh, but I you got to plug them last week, and I want to say my thanks to Arjuna and Robin. Uh, but I do this whole conversation about squads reminds me of it's either episode fifty or fifty one. So if if you haven't taken the time to listen to that compendium on squad dynamics, how to be a good squad player, it was honestly that episode that made me really look at some of my bad habits and try to change them. There's a few people that regularly play in the Winner Winner Discord that, you know, we joke about it, uh, but when they hear me saying I shoot first, there's going to be some people that just flat out laugh at me because they know I can't help it. But there's a lot of things I've worked on, and it's becoming a good squad player. You're right. It's all about communication. But then the other thing that you're expressing frustration in, One Heart, is, you know, there's things that you want to do and you're trying to get better at. And there's so many tools in that episode. And even as someone who's put in well beyond a thousand hours in this game, that compendium episode is phenomenal for getting better at squad play. I highly, highly recommend it. I've listened to it two or three times. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and give that another listen. I think I was still like a little sad listening to those episodes because I was like, they're going to go away. You know? Oh, I waited a month <laughs> before I listened to the last few. I was like, they're, they're going to end it. Uh, <laughs> Just not ready to let go yet? Yeah, so so uh, I don't know if I got everything I needed out of that so I probably will go back and listen to that and then just just to keep that like you know the knowledge base thing 
the episode right after that was on solos, right? So if you're someone who struggles the other way and you want to figure out how to play better when your friends aren't on, um, there's a whole great episode on that as well. And then um, if anyone's just finding, you know, you can always go back into the archives and find all of the awesome weapon breakdowns, comparisons, location highlights, which is something I want to get back into is like specific location highlights at some point so that's coming back guys don't worry yeah if this is your first experience with the podcast definitely go back and listen to the old episodes and then come and tell us how shitty of a job we're doing now yeah yeah tell us we are garbage <laughs> um anyway so let's get into the really bad stuff in uh in this past some of these worst missions anyone want to kind of lead off with some of these that i listed yeah i, I want to make a comment before we jump in the favorite part of my of the show notes here are the screenshots that you put in of your achievements and it cracks me up that there's a bunch that just have one out of however many there's needed Mm -hmm. because i know that means you're not going back i tried it and i was like yeah that was not worth it yeah like why do i need to come to a complete stop on vikendi in the red zone while in a vehicle five times which i actually am gonna finish that because I want that helmet skin, and I don't know what comes after that, but I want the helmet skin. I feel like it's going to be like, <laughs> stuck up to a complete stop in the red zone five times, and then it's going to be like, die to the red zone five times for the next one or something. Like, they're just going to shit on you more. Um, that just, just seems to be the trend, shit. the trend name. The problem with that one, I think, is that there's only two red zones a match on Vikendi. So you have to really... Really? Yeah. It's only two? Mm-hmm. You know what these missions remind me of? You guys remember playing Truth or Dare in middle school, and then like after forty minutes, everybody just ran out of dumb shit. And it's like, um, uh, eat all the ketchup in the refrigerator, like stuff that isn't even like a real dare. So you're just making up the goofiest shit you can think of. That's basically what these missions are. Right. It's like, yeah, will no one, will, no it? one will believe that they did it, and it'll be terrible while they do it, and I'll enjoy that as well. <laughs> right. If they release the stats after the fact with like how many people completed them versus all of the other ones it'll actually give us something to talk about it'll probably be pretty hilarious actually that'd be pretty dope yeah but we're not getting this we're not (laughs) we're not gonna get here here's our uh, failure statistics on this pass (laughs) so one of the most ridiculous ones i've seen is drive 500 kilometers in a buggy um does the buggy even appear on the map vikendi not a vikendi but that's not a vikendi exclusive Okay. No, you can but use this is a map. map. This is for Vikendi, and you have to use a buggy in particular, and you have to do 500 kilometers. Why does it have to be a buggy then if it's 500 kilometers? Someone did the math on Reddit. That's like six to eight hours of just driving, not like queuing for matches and finding it and getting shot out of it every once in a while. Like, that is so much time, and it's not even worth one whole level. It's 8,000 XP. So. You still got 2,000 more before you get that next level. So there's like a whole work day. I'm on the opposite side of this one. (laughs) Oh, no. Honestly. Right? So, and here's why. I don't know how you're going to devil's advocate this one, really. I know I told you to look at this early, but there's no way. Good luck. He's probably the dude that played Gears of War back in the day and went 10,000 kills. That sounds like fun. Yeah, when you get one a match. Never played Gears of War. However, the buggy. (laughs) Um, Anybody who knows about that achievement, you know what I'm talking about. So I've had two matches where the, I was in the top 10 and they were both on Erangel. And it, it was the reason I like these challenges, back to why, why it's kind of good, is you see some hilarious stuff that's memorable. But I was in two top 10s that turned into three or four people 
driving around in buggies and it was like demolition derby buggy mode and it was and people shooting at him it was just hilarious because you knew exactly what they were trying to do and get as many kilometers in as they could but it was hilarious so while i don't want to do it it was hilarious to watch Every Xbox player is shuddering because that was <laughs> no one <laughs> the first like week of uh, the game on oh Xbox. Oh my god! They, they still the, they still the recoil from PC, so no one could <laughs> no one could shoot at anybody. So they just resorted to running everybody over, and just it was just Mad Max. It didn't last for too long, but I think that's part of the reason why vehicles are significantly more dangerous on console. Mm-hmm. Is that they're like, well, we got to make them blow up easier because they just these kids won't get out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's actually how I got into this game. I started playing it on Xbox first yeah. before I ever got to PC. Um, and yeah, I remember that being a thing because you had no aim assist. There was aim acceleration. You couldn't aim for shit with a controller. Like, not that you need aim assist, but like, god no. damn it, can I have like one to one aiming, please? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely made all of us who stuck it out on Xbox like into way better aim, you know, aimers, but. And then like we all learned to turn an acceleration off and bump up the sensitivity and get used to it. So I mean like PUBG has made console players better console players, no doubt. No doubt. Oh no, it, it it's the definition of Stockholm syndrome. I know I've I've said about that once today, but yeah, like people that still play it on Xbox, you know, it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean so once yeah, you get good at it, it's you. really fun. Um so anyway, yeah, I mean, all right, so you say it makes, like, endgame funny, but, like, that's just, like, if you're just trying to play your game, right, and then you just have someone driving around, like, I guess that makes it interesting for someone who hasn't seen in a while, but, like, regardless of, like, endgame and all that stuff, the individual time that you have to put into just being in a vehicle is just it's just a little ridiculous. And if you're someone who's just it's trying to get it done, not that's, casual-friendly. that's it's not, not worth it. The next one on here is use a micro-Uzi to fire 300 rounds in a single match, and you got to do that five times. It's just so tedious. Like you just, you just get so bored. Cause it's just, obnoxious because like, you don't do that naturally. That's the problem. Is some of these aren't things that you would do naturally. Yeah, I just drove from compound to compound. I, I was sitting in the blue, just firing off shit. That was it. Next one I have here is uh, linked mission two of two, which is dive ten meters into freezing water on Vikendi. Why are there things at the bottom? No. Okay, there's not even fish. Thank, I mean, thankfully, I that, that, that would be like an ass. pair of hot pants. I was going to say the Y is for the camo pants. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one that I tried, and I'm not going back to because I don't even <laughs> care that much about the pants. But then there's the, you know, come to a complete stop in the red zone, which is stupid, but I'm going to do that because that's kind of a cool level three skin. And I, I want a sweet I don't, helmet. I don't know when we're going to get another one. So I want those little laurels and, and you know, whatever on, on the top. That's cool. I like it. And see, that's that's the thing. I think they also know that no matter what they tell us to do, if they dangle the carrot of sweet ass skins in front of us, we're gonna do that stupid shit. Whatever they ask us, there's like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I would do it if if and I want neat things. If uh, if it was something other than the hot pants, maybe I'd go for the <laughs> the diving in the water one. But it's just stupid, you know. It's just a wa- <laughs> it's just a waste of time. And you know, what I mean, you're already like screwed on the edge of the map, right? on Vikendi. So, do you really want to have to swim out far enough to go 10 meters down and come back up, maybe lose some health, and then run back in? Like, no, it's not fun. And then you do it in the middle of the river? I don't think so, but, you know, good luck. And it's the the other thing is, is a lot of these, you can't 
do like multiple instances of it in one match. You can't dive down, dive back up. You can't just spend a match doing it and be done. No, you I was to, actually going to ask that question because I hadn't researched that at all. You have to land ten times. Like it would actually be f- a better challenge if you made me skirt the outside of the map and fire off fifteen hundred rounds of micro Uzi in a single match or something. But like the <laughs> fact that I got to do the three hundred so many times is just—it's like why is it going to be worth it? No, it's only worth three thousand XP. I'll just—I'll just carry on with my day. And then they have these—the uh, forced fun. You know, locations we were talking about. We have used to drop into Cosmodrome five different times just to unlock the next mission, which is locked. You know what I mean? So you can't, like, start at it and it doesn't, like, you don't open it up and it's like, oh, I got half of it done. No, you have to go into Cosmodrome or Dino and you got to get 10 kills. But it doesn't, it seems like you can get, like, three. So I remember I got, like, one died, one died. I was like, eh, whatever, just trade and go. I help someone else out and I'm bad. So whatever. But then the next one, I got three kills. I'm like, oh, I'm fired up. Then I got shot in the back of the head. Whatever. I got three. I was like, I'm halfway there. And then I look at it, and it's like, three out of ten. I'm like, oh. So then I, I tried a couple more times. I'm like, getting like two kills, three kills. I'm like, man, I'm feeling good. The top drops are helping me get better. So that's good. And, you know, I'm just, it's, I'm realizing that it's just, you can't just get it done in one. The only mission where getting more kills at once is necessary or even recorded is the dropping get three kills at Milta in a single round. There's just two more things with the Vigeni Pass I want to talk about in terms of the actual missions. Um, one is the the dailies seem to be a little bit ridiculous. And I got something. I'm going to share it. I guess I'll share the uh, two photos in the Discord at some point um, when this comes out. But I'm looking at it, and I'm taking screenshots for these guys just to like have something to look at. And one of my missions is loot one AUG from a care package for a daily, and that's worth 1,500 XP. And then the other one was loot one AWM from a player box. From a player loot box, too. Not just like, oh, you know what I mean? But like, I gotta find an AWM on somebody. So I go to re-roll that one, because I'm like, that's, that's bullshit. I'm not doing both of them. And, and at the time, I actually didn't realize that it was player loot box instead of care package. But I re-roll it, and instead of having to loot one AWM from a player, I now have to loot two AWMs from a care package. <laughs> in, a, in a day. In a day. And it's not worth more xp to loot two awms it's still just two two thousand <laughs> it's almost like oh you don't like our challenge well do you want a right. more challenging challenge yeah how about so you try to re-roll twice? that again why don't you that's, that's not what i meant and then the other one is this uh kind of secretive oh the things you'll break and i only bring this one up because it's worth a decent amount of points and uh not many people know how to do it so oh the things you'll break is one of the premium challenges or something like that i forget where it goes but you have to break 10 windows 10 doors and 10 fences, and then you need to pop the tires of two cars and then blow them both up. So In one match? In one match. In one match. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's but it's, you know, if you get a car and you don't give a shit about that game, and you just start running over everything, <laughs> shooting stuff up, blasting through doors, you just gotta hope no one bothers you, right? That's the problem. And is breaking a door just shooting a hole in it, or do you have to, like, destroy No, fully break it. it. Yeah, completely destroy wow. the thing. Things gotta go. So you're, you are going to need to be, like, looting those locations that you break shit at and, like, you know, getting enough ammo to So what you're saying is you need two micro Uzis and a ton of ammo to knock out multiple challenges at once. Um, I would rather, I was going to say, I'd rather have a shotgun and, uh, and a car and just be driving around, and, you know, popping shit. Maybe a pistol yeah, was a just to blow on, stuff up quietly. Or not on the PUBG quietly. subreddit that actually did a whole video on this and, and broke down like how he 
broke all the individual items and then blew up the vehicles. It looked tedious as hell, for sure. But, I mean, it, it, he presented it in a way that was like, okay, that seems more doable, I guess. I mean, at least it was something interesting. You might remember the name of the mission and talk to somebody about it. It's not just like, hey, the devs hate us, so drive 500 kilometers in a buggy. So, um, so those are just some of the missions, and I think they're stupid and a waste of time. But I do want to talk about the good parts of the Vikendi Pass, or just these these player passes in general, because I appreciate how it it takes a game that you kind of just formulaically play day to day, or however much you play it, and it gives you an incentive to do things differently, or to maybe try and play things one way when you normally do them another. So I, I appreciate that it's like trying to break up the monotony of of the game you play. I'd rather have the challenges be more challenging instead of just tedious, right? Like I'd rather it be like, you know, get five kills with a sniper with no scope or something like that really forces you to do something like really difficult and put yourself out there um, instead of just being like, the guy running around destroying shit on the fray in the blue. They probably designed these for the lowest common denominator, right? Like, loot an AUG from a care package. You don't have to be a mechanically skilled god to run up to a big red box with smoke coming out of it and pick the shit up out of it. True. But if if the challenge was to get three headshots in a row, I can tell you right now, I play Pokemon Go, and anytime it says I gotta make three nice throws in a row, I'm pissed as fuck if I miss that third one. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and I think I'm kind of in the middle, right? I didn't know where you were going to go with that one heart, but I think I'm landing in between you guys where I think it would be really nice if there were more challenges that were quote-unquote easy to complete while you were playing a normal game, right? So to your point, like getting five kills or getting a certain amount of headshots, I think if there were more challenges that would randomly complete if you had a good game or you changed up your style it would incentivize playing a little bit differently rather than saying hey go yeah go loot go try to find a player with an arm and loot it off his body that's not something that you just run into i mean depending on your play style that you may never come across those guys and i mean and i don't have a problem with loot an arm off somebody on this map um but it's a daily, so that that's just like if I had the whole course to be like you know you you know when an arm is on the map, right? You can hear it everywhere. Oh yeah. So it's not that you can't chase that down and go after him, but it's one, it's an arm that you're running at, and you know it's it's just like in a day you might not you might not find that to be honest, especially if you're just like if you're an average Joe who works a job and your midweek mission is to loot an arm off somebody and you only have two hours to play. That's a little discouraging. And then if you're playing with a squad, it's not just going to randomly happen. You're not going to be like, yo, I heard an arm, can we push these shots? Like, it's just not going to happen as often. So just, right, you really don't want to be completing this in squads unless everyone's doing it, because otherwise you look like the guy who's just chasing loot. Not even, I mean, you're just, you're just legitimately prioritizing this, this pass over you and your friends, you know, enjoying the moment and enjoying the game and trying to get a win. You know, you're like, well, hold on, I know we got to get this zone, but there's a guy, but you know, like, I really want to do, it's like, hold on, I'm going to go dive in the ocean real quick. We did land by it, you know, it's like, but we got to go. It's like, ah, you can wait, you know, it's just, you become a dick. So I don't know. I just, I think there's too many things where it's like, you have to throw away entire matches or like half of a match just to, just to get a little bit of XP. And I don't, I don't think there's anything fun about it. These passes should be fun. 
and instead I don't know if I want the next one. So that brings us to that point of like, should our friends on console be buying the pass? Should they? Mm, I think if you've got $10 burning the hole in your pocket and you love playing PUBG and want a little extra to your game, go for it. I think that there is value there, especially because it comes with in-game cosmetics that will otherwise not be available to you unless you participate in the pass. Um, if that stuff matters to you, then I think it's a perfect value. $10 is definitely that sweet spot, though, where it's like you can get $10 worth of money out of it. It depends on your subjective experience with the game. So I think if you're like a completionist, this is going to possibly kill you. This might drive you insane because it might be impossible to finish this pass. I don't know if it is, but I, it, it seems pretty unattainable right now. Um, before we get into like breaking that down, I mean, Trigger, would you recommend this to a friend right now? not if they haven't already purchased it right i mean i think with any of these the way that PUBG has them set up is you've really got to be picking them up right when they come out otherwise it gets really challenging and again i haven't done the math on it and i kind of commit to these just to support the devs and the product but i you know and again there's i also think there's really good rewards in the levels 10 to 30 that i wanted so, you know, if you're chasing something at the end of the pass and that's really all you want, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. But for me, I kind of do these things passively and it's really cool to find out which ones I accidentally unlocked. And for somebody who wants some cool new rewards, I mean, I've, I'm, I don't even know, I think I'm close to level 30 and I've unlocked some really cool stuff that I'm excited to see, uh, specifically the Arctic skins on some of the guns. So for me, yeah, I would, but for completionists, yeah, I think it would drive you nuts. Yeah. So I mean, you guys want to know what the week four rewards are, or the, the week four missions that just uh, came out? Oh, are they up? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a hodgepodge of goofy shit. Um, play a match without using any healing boost items and survive at least five minutes. That's not bad. Throw ten frags in a single match. You got to do that three times. That's ten frags. In a single match. I don't know that I've ever found 10 frags in a single match. And they're so heavy. Oh my my god. And god, if you already felt like you were getting fragged a bunch. Oh man, I I could think of uh, a few streamers who are going to be really talking about frags this week. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, get three kills in a single match. With frags? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, they're just... Six. This is six thousand experience. Do this two times. Get three kills in a single match. Like wires, and they're not more than those. Like, all right, fine. Uh, heal twenty five hundred health. You got to do that. Just it's overall. Just a, a, just a, yeah, it's okay. an accumulation. It's eight thousand. Uh, play a squad on Miramar. That's a challenge. And then once you do that fifteen times, fucking nobody cues Miramar. That's gonna be impossible. <laughs> that's just that's, that's just only a worth challenge because no one's there. <laughs> it's only it's only worth three thousand experience. All right. well, luckily, it's not like you have to finish it in the week, right? Like, it's not like Dude, that week is one's just, locked. But yeah, it's just ass cheeks, though. Who's? <laughs> it's it might be uh, tough to get <laughs> to get fifteen matches of Miramar in over the next sixty days. Yeah, that's <laughs> way too hard for the, there's the the difficulty per reward on that one is not there's no value. Well, that's, uh, that's just RNG, right? <laughs> reach top five in squads, easy peasy, eight thousand experience points. You do that ten times. Uh, here's an interesting one. Take 2,500 damage from the blue zone. 
six thousand experience. The, the pink zone. Sorry. Oh, excuse me. The pink no, zone. It's green. It's green. It's green. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What, uh, <laughs> whatever optical deficiency you have that forces you to use colors, that that color. Allow it to take your health. Yeah. The thing <laughs> that the thing that tickles you sometimes. All right. So I'll just I'll just that'll just happen while I'm shooting off Uzi rounds and destroying things. This um, is hilarious. Right underneath that one. Take no damage from the blue zone and survive for ten minutes. Oh my gosh! Well, ten minutes isn't too bad, I guess. It should be no, a, no blue damage, like up until the top twenty. That should that, that that one I want to be harder. Actually, did you guys, did you guys ever see that movie, A Knight's Tale, with Heath Ledger? Yeah, of course. That that part where it's like, if you love the queen or the princess or whatever, you will lose for her. So he just goes up <laughs> and gets his ass kicked, and then she's like. If you love her, you'll win. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's, that's what that feels like. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great <laughs> analogy. It's like, what do you uh, want? <laughs> use gas cans to refuel vehicles 25 times. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, just monotonous and annoying, but whatever. Yeah. Just be, yeah, just pick them up when you see them. Did, and can I just blow gas cans one. up yet? Like, can I <sighs> set them up in spots and shoot them strategically, please? Put a pin in that. We're going to talk about that in future episodes. Pin, pin it. Mm. Last one. Drive a Murado on Miramar for two hours. <gasps> That's it. What? That Miram. <sighs> it's an accumulative two hours, of course. Well, yeah, no, no. Matches. But so- Matches on Miramar do feel long, but they're not two hours, people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You'd actually get a sunburn if that was the case. Just wander in the desert. Yeah, but just on like one side of your arm, you know, like one arm, because you get the one hanging out, and the other's inside, um, like a trucker. Yeah, <laughs> my buddy got like really bad burns once going down the down to the shore, which is a very Philadelphian thing to say. But going east in the Jersey, <laughs> he got a terrible tan <laughs> once. Um, but yeah, dude, that sucks. So now, now I got to drive for six to eight hours in a buggy. I got to drive uh, twenty kilometers in a water vehicle. And I got to spend two hours in a Murado, which is actually the only fun one. But you know what? You can do all the gas can challenges with the Murado with how much it uses gas. You're and damn right you that. can. Level three backpack, and fill that shit up with gas cans. Driver? Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, all of these, you have to be the driver. So you can't just, like, squat up with some friends and, like, play, you know, watch, like, do something completely different and have one person oh, just no. driving and chilling, right? Like, that's... Which I could actually see that being okay. Like, hey, like, end of the night, why don't we just like chill out? We'll just chat and we'll just drive around the out of side of the map. Maybe find someone else and race them. You know what I mean? Like, I could see funny things happening in squads if you could complete them. Having two boats out with no guns and everyone's just driving around. Like, that shit could right. be funny. But instead, no, it's gonna be yeah, now done you're in solos. People fighting over who's driving. Yeah, and it's just gonna be oh yeah, it's gonna be all all solo play. It's just solo play is just gonna be even worse. Again, would like to reiterate that we love this game, and I think the Vikendi Pass is fun. <laughs> it's super easy to pick apart the crazy ones, but they're putting them in there, hopefully in the earlier weeks, so there's plenty of time to get this stuff done. Yeah, this is just like your best friend from high school. Like I can shit on him for five minutes, but he's still my best friend, because I know everything that's wrong with him. Yeah, I'm still like going to know him for the rest food. of my life, and we're always going to be cool, but like... God, yeah, he he does some annoying things. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do love playing the game. I haven't felt better about this game 
Like, you know, I haven't felt this good about the game in a long time. Like, um, part of it's, you know, the shiny new PC and, like, I'm learning again. But, like, I'm just so excited to be playing PUBG right now. You know, the it's PUBG, the best it's the ever PUBG been. Killers, the PUBG Killers came out right while everyone was making fun of fixed PUBG. And now that the dust has settled, a lot of people are back. And, I, you know, I just feel great. But it's just disappointing when all of these good things happen. And then we just get these tiny little things that are like, you know, hey, we got you like the most comfortable bed ever, but there's like that little, one little spot in it. You just can't get comfortable. Um, it just gets annoying. We got Shroud yeah. back. At least he's making PUBG videos on YouTube again. That's true. So I haven't had to watch a blackout video in like three weeks. I'm pretty excited Shroud's about it. Shroud's back. This has been back pretty well. This is like real, real done with it. Um, I mean, real done with the blackout. Um, so he's having yeah. a lot of fun playing with people. Um, which is great because I I've always loved watching this play. Um, Chaco came back. People, <laughs> what? Chaco never left. He he left for a minute. Where did he go? But you know who? He went to blackout for a bit. Chaco. Then they had that for like two days, yeah. I think. Did he really? Then, then they had that whole Doritos Bowl thing with Team Shroud. They won. It was a whole nerd fest. But I think nerd fest. That's all of us. We don't know. Don't we know. <laughs> We have to give it up to our <laughs> PUBG Lord and Savior, Wacky Jackie. That man has never faltered. Yeah, so like Wacky Jackie never left. Swag, good old I am Swagger never left. Um, there's, there's some good people who just were like, you know what? I'm not going to buy into the fact that there's some sort of PUBG killer. And uh, I think I think this game did exactly what the loyalists were saying. It, it just kept being its same self and... Uh, it weathered the storm. Yeah, really well. And you can already tell with Twitch, you know, Blackout is already not the, the viewership gem that people thought it was going to be. Um, it's interesting, but it's also very samey. And it's shallow. Yeah, there's, there's just like a reliance on certain things that gets very unfun really quick, right? Like utility spam and stuff, you know. Right. So. Well, it got really try-hard really quick, too. Mm. And in the beginning, when everyone was running around trying to figure it out, that game was really fun. But then it became, you know, kind of camp central and utility-focused, which it's, again, a totally different game. We don't want to focus too much on it. But the uh, flashbang and ninebang in that game were completely unfun to die to. Mm-hmm. And they became the meta, so that that's all you looked for, so you knew you could win a fight. Yeah, and Call of Duty has always had a really bad habit of making one kit the most viable way to play, and everything else was just ancillary and didn't matter. Right. Now, granted, PUBG definitely has the M4 Car 98 kit, but like, if you're proficient with any of the other guns, you, you stand just as good a chance as anybody else. You know, it just depends on your level of, of skill and confidence, really. Now, one thing I would say, just to be like, you know, not completely shitting on Blackout, is that they have done a lot of work, and they're like really fast about how quickly they're changing, um, you know, things that are overpowered or underpowered. They've done a lot of work, and they've changed the meta a couple times um, to the point where some of the stuff that people were complaining about, some of the weapons that really sucked to die to, um, they're they're kind of not even worth using to a degree, which kind of sucks. You know, you hate to see. You hate to see a gun get nerfed, you know. You always kind of wish you could buff everything else up with it, see it go that way. Um, 
but they've like you know they've nerfed or uh, vaulted the nine bang that's gone for now. So they've done a decent job. I just don't think it's going to have the staying power, and I don't think COD is built for staying power. Um, they want the name brand to have staying power, not the game itself, not the game that was built. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really fair because it, it is, and it's cycle. a really good game. Yeah. You know, like I I didn't think I was going to play much of the multiplayer. I bought it for Blackout, and I ended up falling in love with the multiplayer. Yeah, well, there's so. definitely a conversation to be had about pricing, right? The reason Fortnite is successful because it's free and it's on everything. PUBG is thirty bucks, and it's now on every major console minus the Switch. Blackout or you know Call of Duty is on everything, but it's still sixty dollars. On I, top I of all the extra bucks. shit, they want you. They want you to spend money on. They were just selling it for thirty bucks on PC up until probably like yesterday as of this recording. So sorry guys. Um, but they're selling a version of the game with no zombies, which is fine by me because I have the game on. I paid for the full game on console. I was like, you know what? I kind of really do want to try this out on um, on PC. So I just like I, I sprung for it and played it and haven't played it too much to be honest. But it's not that hard to play. Well, I loved it, man. Like I played the beta and then played a bunch of it when it launched. And for crying out loud, I gave away a copy on the podcast here. Yeah, to, yeah. That, <laughs> so to that ungrateful was... kid who like doesn't even play it. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. What a, we won't we won't name names. <laughs> basic bro. Basic bro. Oh. Yikes. Shot, shot, shots fired. No. <laughs> but basic we should play that game more if you're listening. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's just PUBG has that staying power, man, and I just I think this uh recent wave of games really prove that it's going to be something that's here for a while. Um and you know, I'm like, I'm excited to see the evolution of it. Do you think we'll ever get a PUBG two, or this will just be like something that mm. keeps being ever so slightly? That's tweaked? a great question, man. I don't know that we'll ever see a sequel, but we will see a successor. I yeah, and I I kind of hope my own personal hope for this game is that it's like Rainbow Six Siege, where it just continues to get better and better and better and better and that's a game that was released years ago but it's attracting major streamers now because it's in such a good state for that squad breaching gameplay i would love to see that same energy and effort put into PUBG over time to where it's just this phenomenal battle royale experience that runs smooth right that's kind of the big one that really needs focus but is just maintains that great gunplay and terrain well, and because of all the effort they're putting into esports, they have to. And they know that they have to continue to support the game and give it the love and, you know, positive changes that it needs to get. And so I think as long as they want to continue to have whatever grandiose future they're looking to have, uh, we're going to see this game for a while. So do you think it's good that they're taking slower approaches to changes? I, I think slower is a, is a negative word. And I don't want to be negative. So measured, um, a measured approach. How's that? Uh, deliberate. Okay. All right. I, th- I think that they're being very deliberate about the choices they're making because I think they understand, you know, unfortunately, when you put out a product via the internet, uh, you tend to get the backlash of the internet. And, you know, as much as I love it, it's not always the most rational voices that are being heard. And so... I imagine that after all their time of having put out a product, they've heard just about everything good and bad 
about their effort and know that they need to make good quality choices. And that's why I think they're being deliberate about the changes and, and updates that they're making. Okay. Yeah. So in some cases, uh, the customer's not always right. Um, not always. Yeah. Not always. But, but it needs um, to be heard. I think, yeah. And I think, I think we at least, I wish they would at least tell us we're wrong sometimes. <laughs> you know, like, I just feel like communication could be a little better with those guys. And by little, I mean, like, it could be medium. Okay. For sure. But I will get to how they're, they're doing some good stuff in in regards to communication, particularly with console. But we'll get to that in a second. We we kind of got into the conversation about how, like, this game is weathered this storm. But we were also still kind of in the middle of whether or not console players should get the pass when and when they're able to, uh, which should be later this month. You said yes. You guys said, you know, it's it's fun to play it. But in terms of trying to finish it, if there is, like, a particular thing, level 50 on, um, in that list that you want, and that's going to make or break the pass for you. Like, I remember with the, with the Sandhawk pass for console, at least, that was the opportunity to get the target practice pan, right? Mm. That, that would, we mm-hmm. didn't have those skins come till later and stuff. So if you were someone who watched a lot of, you know, PC footage and stuff and were really into, into it on console, that was like, that was the reason, that was the carrot at the end of, the, you know, the whole thing. So you needed to be able to finish that pass and it was e- it was pretty easy. I don't think I fully finished it. I think I was just like, I don't feel like putting another week like of grinding into it. I think I did buy the last like one level or two. But everyone who really tried and played the whole month got it fine. Um, I think pro- part of the reason I didn't finish that was I think I was playing uh I think I was playing a little bit of the blackout demo too long or something. I, I got into something that <laughs> during one of those weeks and it kind of like really slowed down my momentum. But it was like. There's if there's something at the end of that pass that you really want, you might end up having to buy it. I've heard from multiple people that like your best bet on uh, completing the challenges efficiently is to just buy the levels from streamers. <laughs> like yeah, it's worth your time. If you think about how much money you actually make at work, it might make more sense to just buy the pass and all the levels <laughs> because you're gonna waste yeah. so many hours. It's definitely subjective. I mean, you have to look at is it worth your time. And honestly, if you sat down and calculated, okay, this is what I make per hour, or this is the time, or this is what I could make if I was doing something more productive with my time, then you can kind of, you know, formulaically break it down and and decide for yourself whether or not it's worth the money or the time. Yeah. And I mean, if you just value the time that you have, you know, whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to be money based or anything, but like, do I think you're going to be grinning ear to ear doing all these challenges? No. So I'm not going to recommend it to my friends. I think if, you know, any of the guys that know me out there are playing, planning on playing, like, a ton, you know, go for it. Ten bucks ain't going to kill you. But, like, if you're someone who's only got to play ten hours a week or less, you're not going to finish it. So I kind of, like, tried to, like, figure out a little bit how much it takes to finish the whole thing. Um, and this is hoping that every um, level is only 10,000 XP. But there's 100, 100 levels, 10,000 XP. The halfway mark of each week, you get 5k, which totals 50k for all 10 weeks. The daily missions give about two to 3,000 XP. Um, all those beginner missions total about 20k. Premium missions offer about 15k. And then uh, some of the rewards throughout the pass offer about 60k. All said and done, that's like half of the total points. So, I mean, you're really going to have to do like all of the missions, do all of the like super special unlocks where you got to complete 100% of week one, 100% of week two. And who knows what they are at this point. I'm sure someone's done all of week one and could tell us like, 
how attainable those are and how much XP you get. But I haven't seen anyone break out how you finish the pass. Without spending in trying money. to break out how I would. Yeah, but in, in, right. in how to figure out how far I think I'm going to get, kind of worried. <laughs> but I mean, if you're playing a lot, I'm already, I'm already pretty, doing pretty decent, but like, I'm just wondering if at the end I'm going to be sitting there like, damn, I really thought I'd be able to like make it to this point, get this thing, and I'm going to have to pass or something. And that's just going to, for me, that's going to be annoying because I want that stuff. You know I mean? Well, and if it really does matter to you and you're somebody who is on the fence of whether or not you know, I'm going to spend the money, not spend the money. Okay, maybe I'm just going to buy the pass and then I'll grind out the stuff. So you have 41 days. It's 10 weeks. Uh, we have I mean, now time. a PC rather, but um, so 10 weeks. If at that point you start really looking at it and you're going, all right, this is crunch time. I can maybe grind out these next few levels. Or if not, then you still have the option to just, you know, spend the money to level up and get the other stuff you want to unlock. But I think it just, I think it just points out a, like this, kind of shitty feeling where like they made they it feels like the things are tedious for a reason and it's not to make you learn the map better it's not to make you enjoy the game more it's to mm. make you buy the levels it's just what it ends up feeling like you know whether and I've, I've got a slightly different take on it and it's it's kind of a few of the things you guys brought up separately all packaged into one so yeah, the content's great to have if you've got the time to do it. I think that's a reason to do it. I think if you just look at the XP and the rewards by themselves, it's it's hard to find for a casual-esque player a reason to do it. However, one of the things I look at for it is I get hours and hours and hours of gameplay out of this game. So $10 every couple months, or let's be realistic, every a lot of months... Uh, for a new map is just nothing compared to the amount of exactly. hours I get out of it of enjoyment. So your original question was, do I think that console players should buy it or if it's, was it PS4 specifically or does Xbox have it already? Oh, no, no. We're, um, Xbox and PS4 both playing on PTS right now. Um, it's been on there for a little while. People are kind of wondering when they're going to pull the trigger and release it. Um, but we haven't gotten any word. I'll get into some of that stuff um, right after this, actually. But uh. Yeah, so I, I would say I actually would recommend it because I do want to support the game. I get tons of playtime out of it. And my caveat would be if you are going to play PUBG when the pass releases, I would say get it because I think it's going to incentivize you to do more of it. And for me, as a non-completionist on these things, I just don't have that heavy desire to complete a bunch of stuff that I'm not interested in and my only other point in why they made it this way is something that I experience when I'm watching big streamers or even medium-sized streamers play it's really really good content for the game and for YouTube for streamers to go do some of these hard or hilarious challenges because it leads to some, like I said, like with the demolition derby and the buggies, it leads to interesting content that can be really well digested by communities. And I think there's some intentionality behind it, whether, you know, PUBG Corp would actually well, we admit to that or not. two guesses and a no, so. But yeah, it just depends on how you look at the pass and what you need out of it. Um, for me, I'm just kind of like, now I feel like I'm obligated to do stuff and that kind of annoys me um, because it's not stuff that I feel like is going to make me a better player. It's just there to do. So I don't know. It's just one of those things uh, that like nags at me when I look at it. I'm like, oh, God, 
I gotta do that. And there's really no one saying I have to do it at all, but me. But you know, it's just if it's if you're the type of person that's gonna get annoyed, you might want to just save yourself the, the heartburn. All right, so two yeses and a no. Maybe you should just get it. So that's pretty much everything for Vikendi. So I'm gonna just jump in here with some console and mobile. Um, I'm not sure how much you guys have paid attention to that stuff, but uh, Xbox and PlayStation are now getting the last two PC updates at once. So Xbox have been waiting for the Scorpion, which is that uh, sidearm. It's uh, kind of like a little mm-hmm. little tiny Uzi or something, um, and actually takes Red Dot the for uh, Uzi stock, which is cool. Extended. Uh, handgun mag, but not the quick draw or extended quick draw handgun mag. True. I can't stand that gun, man. Yeah, I don't I really can. I I've tried. I, I want to like it. <laughs> it. That's true. So anyway, that was like an underwhelming update that Xbox was going to get a PTS for and everything, and, and I'm kind of glad that never came. Uh, what happened with that was that they found some bugs, so they just waited and, and they just ended up releasing. You know the bikini map with those other things in it, and uh, I think it's for the better. I'm kind of mad at myself for waiting so long to send Griff all of the recordings from Collaborate Nine because I think I made some good predictions, but now they just seem like I recorded it late and I'm acting like I'm making predictions. Uh, so uh, you know that's funny, but stupid on me. I'll be uh, a little better on that in the future. But anyway, so I played some rounds on Xbox. It's really smooth and fun. Um, I had to jump back into TPP because that's just kind of the you know what what Xbox is doing these days. You just it's hard to get FPP matches. PlayStation just got some opportunity to finally play some first person on on the PTS, so they hadn't had that at all before, um, and they're dying to get it. But I'm already seeing some posts of people being like, "All right, we got it," but now no one's playing it, and so it's just one of those things where like once people hear that it's hard or impossible to find a match in a mode it's kind of dead at that point because mm. the perception is that it's bad so if you jump into a lobby and there's 50 people and it doesn't get up you know you're just you're not going to keep queuing and you're just going to accept that this is what it is and you're either going to adapt to tpp or you're going to move on from the game and play something where you're yeah you it becomes like self-fulfilling prophecy locked it's in. like nobody plays it because there's no one there and then no one's there because nobody plays it yeah, and so like one of the things that I was like predicting for PlayStation getting it late was that they would they were gonna wait for that field of view. So I was really hoping that that would be like a huge thing bringing Xbox players. But like, there's just so many people on Xbox who are so comfortable with third person now, and it's just been the way they played that they don't want to have to like relearn, yeah, reorient themselves. In and I, I like on PC, I just I can't really stand third person. I I hot drop in it and practice aiming stuff in it because I don't care about the stats there. But you've said before that it's a much more aggressive play style on console in third right. person because that's where everyone's at. And it I guess it doesn't surprise me that if that's where people are and the play style's a little more aggressive than what we see on PC, I'm sure that's a really cool place to be. Yeah, no, it's, third person is still pretty fun. Like, really fun. I like I st- every time I play with my friends, we have a great time and like, you know, every, you you know the third person be coming, but like there's just a little bit less tight controls, right? Not to say that there aren't some fucking laser beams with those sticks, but like you can run through a field a little easier um and get away with it on on Xbox, right? So people still push even though someone is third person peeking out from like behind the wall or something. They're just going to deal with it and just they're just going to push because they don't care and they're not going to wait. Whereas on PC, you know, you watch some of these things and it's like two guys standing behind a bush and they're never going to move because they can see each other. <laughs> like, 
that's been my experience. Yeah. So just it's not that that doesn't happen, but you get used to it and you learn to just stay aggressive and and uh, maybe just play fat, play it faster than PC would play the third person peak stuff. Like yes, you use it, but you also just want to push things before someone else gets themselves set up in the third person peak spot. You know what I mean? So it's just it's still aggressive, it's still fun. But that's not really why we're talking about console right now. We're talking about does it run well? Um, I saw some funny glitchy stuff like the first week or two. I was just in last last couple days, and it feels good. It feels great. I think it's ready to release. New uh, development for consoles, though, has been a uh, shift from these small weekly dev updates on like, hey, we, we're not going to get you this update this week, or we're, we're thinking about doing this. Now they've shifted to these dev reports that actually explain some of the challenges they're facing, trying to get PUBG to run properly on a console. These come every two weeks. We're going to have one this week. So I'm just going to go over like the first two real quick, but we're going to put links to this in the show notes and stuff. Dev report number one uh, was about this thing called view spectrum. View spectrum is just what your player actually sees out of their eye holes, right? So anything in front of that is fully calculated and fully there. But what they've done is that everything behind it, there's basically two parts to a body. There is the mesh body and the physical body. There's calculations going on for you and for every player on the map. And when they're behind you, they've realized that they can just drop the physical body from your calculations, and the mesh body will be enough to produce the footsteps that you can't see, you know, from the person you can't see, and do all those other things that you can should be able to hear and be able to recognize without having to pull in that physical body. So that's helped, like, performance and, and FPS and stuff like that, and just made things a little more stable. So that's the first one. And then the second one, they get into the nitty-gritty on GPU time and GPU instance calling. And both of these are like really cool. They have like cool charts and graphs and stuff. But basically, they just said, we see a more stable result and around a 30% improvement in GPU time with GPU instance calling on. So pretty interesting like stuff to learn about, especially if you're someone like me who doesn't have like all this technical background. And, you know, like I'm, I'm learning more and more now, but this stuff is like Latin to a lot of us console players because... Part of the reason we're on the consoles, we didn't have to be tech support, kind of, you know, knowing what we're talking it's about. It's funny we now, but like, stuff this to me is this weird benchmark where it actually shows just how underpowered home consoles still are to modern PCs. Like, I never felt that it was that much of a difference until moments like this where you're going, holy cow, like, this game runs literally half as good as it does on PC. And this is how it's intended to be ran. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, it's a port from PC, so they, you know, originally didn't have to think about, you know, yeah, they had lower-end, you know, PCs running the game, but they didn't have to worry about performance. They could just right. max performance and, and do all that stuff. But, and Xbox came out, Xbox came out in, like, what, 2000? 2013. came out, like, 2014 or something like that? 2013. So you got to think it was designed sometime in 2011, 2012. They were finished, and they probably started, like, producing it, right? Because you know, I mean, at a certain point, you got to just be like, "This is this is the technological limitations we've got, and we're going to now mass produce the chipsets and stuff like that." So you're stuck, not even in the year that it was produced, but the year of or two of development. That's when that's when they have to draw the line on like how advanced things are going to be. So now that you think about that, it's like, is it really that surprising that these systems are struggling when they're that old? This is about the time you would expect a PC gamer to have to like completely rebuild a new tower because their motherboard and everything wouldn't be good. You know, you're still running... A PC player would be still running, what, DDR3 or something like that, and stuff that, like, isn't good enough by most, most specs. 
that run right. PUBG on PC. You know what I mean? You get to see these posts uh, sometimes, will my PC run this? And it's like, I have three gigabytes of RAM. And people are like, stop there. No, you right. don't have enough RAM. <laughs> They'll be like, even eight, it's like, you need eight to run the game. But if you only have eight, that's gonna, it's going to use all eight. You know what I mean? So your, your system's not going to be able to do anything else. So it's not surprising, but it doesn't, it's not an excuse either because they decided to bring it to console. So like, they've got to figure it out. And I think they've done a really good job of doing that. Another thing I think that's coming to console is that uh, Xbox One X will get some sort of a uh, resolution option where you can kind of choose Finally. performance over 4K. Yeah, so I mean, PS4 came out in you know not native 4K, uh, 4K but it did 1440, which going from 1080 to 1440 is a huge leap. Just like going from you know everyone says going from like 60 frames per second to 144 is a massive performance, right? But <laughs> then... <it. laughs> uh, I, I want to. But, but going from 1440 to 4K... Every yes, day, no matter but what, in the drop it? of a hat, I will take frame rate over resolution 100% of the time. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I have I'll zero put, desire to go to 1440. I'll, I'll play the game at 720. Play 1080p if it gives me 60 I frames. zero desire. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So... I think it's it's great that they're letting letting you decide that how the game performs is important. This is like a touchy thing, surprisingly. Not I guess not surprisingly for me, but like for some people it's surprising that people get upset that they could choose maybe higher performance because now it's like, wow, they really do have like pay to win or something. It's like can't people have nicer things than you when you just like have to accept it? Like console players a lot of times get really wrapped up about like it has to be completely fair all the time. And it's like you just gotta accept that someone's gonna have like nicer stuff. Like I played hockey growing up. There was always the kid with nicer skates and nicer equipment. It's and the difference between socialism like, and capitalism. But I'm still gonna <laughs> I'm still gonna kick that kid's ass. You know what I mean? I'm I'm still gonna have, I'm still gonna hit the kid, take the puck and go. Like at a certain point, you have to like let that stuff slide and be like, "All right, so the rich kids got the rich gear," but like, doesn't mean I'm not. Doesn't right. mean I'm gonna let them walk all over me. You know what I mean? You just gotta accept the hand you're dealt or whatever, and just just deal with it. So anyway, that I, I think the game's in a great place on console right now. I think it's just gonna keep getting better. I really hope that the new field of view stuff and PS4 getting it like will help bring that mode up. But I think there's this game's gonna be around for a while on uh, console as well. So anyway, those console dev reports, we'll put those in the show notes. Moving on to mobile. They are getting a zombie mode that has been teased and speculated. Uh, it might be written in relation to Resident Evil 2, a remake of it. that's set to release on January 25th. I found that on some article. I'm not going to link that because it didn't seem credible, <laughs> but I'm saying it here. Um, <laughs> Vikendi does have three new modes, Day, Snow, and Moonlight. I don't, Day and Snow might not have been new, but Moonlight is something new that should be really interesting. It seems to have some sort of Arborealis type of thing going on um, that should be really cool. Please bring that to PC. That sounds so freaking cool. Yeah, maybe maybe hold off. It might it might crash our consoles, but... Uh, <laughs> Man, that sounds cool. Wouldn't that be cool? And then I think it'd be interesting to try a night mode out without goggles or anything um, on Vikendi because if you think about like a moonlit, just even a good moonlit night in the snow... The snow reflects enough that you can still see other people and movement and stuff, but it would make such an interesting new dynamic still. Well, like, like give it to us as a, uh, what's the, the cha- uh, what are those modes called that have like the uh, limit, limit time mode type of thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to us in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, just let us let us let's see what we can do to tweak the sky and you know just change a little bit of that feel. Another thing I was thinking that'd be cool. Imagine rounds firing across and you could like see them like light up on the snow. That'd be dope. That would be so sick. Oh my god. We we have to have a whole wishless episode sometime. But anyway, you know, uh, so they're getting this moonlight stuff. I think it's really cool that um, Tencent has like full, completely separate ability. Oh yeah, they've got full carp launching to do whatever they want. Like, you know, I, I spent the last, last time saying like, you know, stop comparing the game to mobile. Like, stop. But mobile is really cool. So I understand why some people are probably like, but mobile, I like it. You know what I mean? It's the first thing I played, whatever. Mobile's really cool. I, I haven't played it enough, but like, runs better than it does really on my cool Xbox. Stuff. They're also getting. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes those phones that run it well are $800. So twice as much money. Um, That's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, and it's not a port. Right. They built the game from the ground up, you know what I mean? With whole new things going on. But they're also going to get the MK47 Mutant, the 9mm submachine gun called the PP19 Bison, and the G36. Uh, I don't know what the Bison is. I think it's a tiny little like SMG type it, of weapon. It, I, yeah, it's hmm. an SMG. It looks kind of like a tube. It's. I remember it from oh, a... Yeah, yeah. The Call of Duty. I know what you're talking about. Modern I can picture Warfare it now. 3, yep. maybe, I is where it came from. But yeah, so they're getting a gun that, that's not even in, you know, what we consider, like, PUBG canon or whatever. Like, they don't have that. Same with, like, they're getting Moonlight. That's not even in the, you know, the main game that we're here to talk about. So uh, it's interesting to see what they're doing, and it'll be really interesting to see if we get any of those things. I don't want any of their, like, handhold type of stuff, like auto-attaching yeah. or... You know, immediately getting the game, the you know, thing on auto, gun on auto. I don't want that stuff. But like actual features and new new content stuff, I wouldn't mind some of the things that they're doing. I think they got some some cool ideas there. They're also going to get yeah. I think they've done a good job with quality of life on mobile. Yeah. For those things that would be really challenging, like picking up ammo and, I mean, the times I have played it, which was when it first came out, it was nice to just go stand over a pile and it would pick up what you needed to pick up because doing that with your thumbs would be brutal yeah and then you just like if you run over if you have a level one vest on in that game and you just run past the level two it just zaps the level two onto you without even looking at it it's just like well that's better you need that so it's nice that they just like make it easier because it's kind of clumsy to just like plug around on a screen so whatever way they can make that experience easier but it is always like hard to explain to someone coming from mobile that you're not going to get the hit markers and the auto doors and stuff like sorry you, you have the buttons to press so you're going to have to use them you know what I mean um, but I'm really impressed with the stuff they're doing on mobile I think it's really cool I think I need to give it another go one last thing for that is they're going to get a snow bike um, that's going to complement the sled that we have right now uh, really interested to see that something else like a backflip <laughs> would be cool just another thing to blow um, up and kill you so I don't know that's yeah, that too. You know, and that's the that's the likelihood, like the likely scenario there. But I'll get one. I'll get one. Um, and then they're also going to get the Tukshai for Sandhawk, but you know, eh. no one likes being in that thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, I mean, mobile's in an awesome spot. Console's in a great spot. I, I think the game as a whole is looking really good. I think the future's bright, but right now it's just a good time to come back to the game. You know, give it a shot again and, and kind of dig in I think you'll be really impressed with where you're at 
and uh, maybe come back to the Discord, guys. Come hang out. Hmm? Maybe. Hmm? A little plug for the Discord. Uh, there's oftentimes squads or groups forming in there, and if you've never tried it, go sit in the Looking for Group channel, especially for PC. I've played with a bunch of new people in the last couple weeks, and it's it's kind of a blast playing with different people in different play styles. But don't be afraid to sit in that Looking for Group channel by yourself because there's a bunch of PUBG communities that have, uh, you know, people that are looking for players. And there'll be people that'll message you and say, hey, we got a three-person squad over here or we'll come over there. Uh, it, it, I've never played more than one game sitting in that channel before yeah, I at I'm, least had a duos partner. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys that are in our Discord and they're in Drop Zone and they're in Hot Drop and they're looking at all of them. So if you're looking for, you know, when I jump on and I see no one in there, you know, sometimes it's like, ah, I don't know. But there's a there's an effect that happens when one person's in there waiting. Someone else is like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll play with these guys over winter. I always enjoyed myself with winter. I just didn't think anyone was on. Well, now you see someone in and then it just snowballs. And then as soon as we get one room filled up, a second one seems to fill up right after. Yeah. And I just say, don't be shy. Like if you see one room with four people in it and you want to do squads, go join the room and be respectful that they might be in an intense situation. But I always look to see who joined, and there's almost always somebody who could use a break or wants to sit out a match or wants to go start another squad. So join up and be like, hey, where are you guys at? And, I mean, we've split off into duos and then a three-man squad. So get in there, man. It's fun. It's awesome. Yeah, don't think that because there's, you know, don't think that we're not going to have room or can't make room. Even if you can just come in, wait to see (laughs) if we're all yelling and shouting, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if we're not yelling and shouting and we're generally pretty calm, just be like, hey, what's going on? You All four of you in the game or whatever? And then they'll, they'll just let, you know, we'll let you know what's going on. And uh, you know, we'll either come grab you and you can go run and do your own thing or you can just sit there and mute yourself. Whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? But you'll have some people to play with. We'll come find you. I'd say the good times are probably NA East and West times throughout the week. But uh, you know, we got people playing all hours. People are holding all hours, so... You know, people are always signing off and getting on, and it's a good place to come hang for PC. If you're on Xbox, use the club. Great club, 300 members strong on there. It's a great place to find some people to play, even if you just want to leave. Like, hey, I'm just looking for squad people to add. You can just leave a message, not looking for a group, and just have someone add you so that you, you know what I mean, you just know if that person's on, where they're from, and, and that they're cool. Stop Collaborate also made a group on PlayStation. It's a community. Um, I'm not too sure how to find that. But if you come to the Discord, the collaborate is always willing to help with that stuff. And then we also have the clan on mobile. So come to the Discord um, and check all that stuff out. It's uh, it's all a good community feel. And uh, we have play styles to suit everybody. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, check it out. Finally, I want to thank these guys for coming out tonight and you know jumping on Griff and MTB Trigger. Thank you guys so much. It was past well, Tuesday, so what else was I going to do? It was awesome. <laughs> just complain that they have to do it Sons while we're home on a Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter that they're at work in Korea or whatever, right? But uh, anyway, so thanks to Spiffy Man for the music. We'll have links to his music in the show notes. Absolutely. Griff, can you tell me where uh, we can so find you? You can find me over at Twitter at Grifflicious. Uh, I tweet sometimes. Um, I also stream over at Twitch, so twitch.tv slash Grifflicious. 
And lastly, I also have a YouTube channel where I'm currently running a series of shows called Why You Suck at PUBG. Working on episode three right now uh, as we speak. So, yeah, you can find me there, uh, youtube.com slash grifflicious as well. Lock down all of the grifflicious branding I could. So, <laughs> yeah. Dot com, dot org, dot net. Can you spell Griffalicious for us, just for anyone who's like in their car, just so they don't like throw it? Has a great ring to it. So it's G R I F F L I C I O U S. G R I F F L I C I O U S. All right, so no A's, guys. That that was my mistake. It's not Fergalicious. It's Griff. Just letting you know. It's just Griffalicious. I know. Just think about how you say the word delicious. That's good. Griffalicious. That's it. All right. Trigger. Where can we find you? Uh, like Griff just said, uh, I'm on Twitter. I actually just started using it a little bit more. So MTB trigger there. And then my Twitch is where I spend most of my time. So twitch.tv forward slash MTB trigger. And I spend a fair amount of time in Discord. I pop in and out all day under the same handle. I answer DMs all the time, playing games a couple nights a week in the uh, community channels. So hit me up on any of those. Um, I answer questions, play with you, whatever. Let's get in some games. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, I'm not really going to plug myself because I'm not streaming or anything right now. But in lieu of that, I want to tell you guys about PUBGlookup.com. Some of you guys who are in the Discord might know a little bit about this, but it was kind of a revelation to some of you guys when we brought it up just two weeks ago or something like that. PUBGlookup.com is a one-man operation that takes game data from PUBG's open API and turns it into easy-to-read visuals with more in-depth stats than any other tracker I've seen. Um, you can see your loot path, your tree kill, or yeah, your kill tree. So like every person and all the kills they got, and it just looks really cool. You can see which guns were used, where you hit your enemies, um, all that stuff. He did it mostly, or let us know, within the Xbox community, so I think that's how a lot of us knew about it. But every time... Uh, a PC player finds it, they're like amazed with it. I'll try and find out if there's stuff for PS4, but I believe it's all up and ready and running. So anyway, this is all free. You can make a free membership that just makes it so that when you pull up the site on your phone or on your laptop or whatever, that it's easier to jump into um, and find yourself. He's not tracking you or anything. It's just one guy, like I said. But it is free, but the donations do help. So you can you can find him. So Mr. PUBG Lookup, thanks for being an awesome community member. You can find his website, pubglookup.com. And find him on Twitter to find out updates from that on at PUBG Lookup. And he is tracking you. He's tracking your stats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually funny. Um, if you're on Reddit sometimes and you post like a post like some footage of your win or something, sometimes he'll comment on your thing with a link to your match. And he'll tell you like, wow, you guys really killed it. Or like you wiped out everybody or whatever. And it, it's really cool. He's on, he's on Reddit oh, a lot. So cool. he'll actually link it there. And, and he's like one of the few people that is like allowed to uh, self-promote through Twitter or sorry, not through Twitter, through Reddit. Um, and he was actually featured by the PUBG developers. They were so impressed with what he did. Yeah, man, they, did they tweeted him out. That was cool. They did a write-up on that. So, you know, I'll, I'll add that link in the show notes as well. This thing's going to be link-filled <laughs> in the show notes. So check that out. See all that stuff. Well, and on the on that subject, uh, it's a one-man show. And I'm not someone that gives like a bunch of feedback or writes reviews and stuff, but I was really interested in average damage per round. 
which is kind of the stat that a lot of people look at in PUBG and Counter-Strike and all the FPS games. And I pinged this guy when he was in the Discord chatting about it. And I was like, hey, what about this? You know, I see you're tracking damage. I see you're doing this. Dude, this guy turned around, put that feature in, like, same day, and then, like, DM me and said, hey, it's back in there. Give it a shot. And I just, I was super impressed by that. So give the tool a look and, you know, give him feedback, positive, negative. I mean, he was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to check it out. And he implemented it ASAP. So I don't expect every little piece of feedback that I send him, he's just going to implement. But it was pretty sweet to see that he's listening to the community and putting stuff in there that people want. Yeah. So I think, I think we're going to end up um, trying to plug like one person in our larger community of PUBG to just let you know about all these different resources or just like cool things that are going on that uh, you might want to be aware of. So definitely check out PUBG Lookup, make an account, and uh, kind of check around. You can send your friends, you know, your stats, their stats. It's definitely it's definitely interesting. You can find out if that guy that killed you after your nine kill run only had one kill, or if he was worthy of killing you at that point. Um, but anyway, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're gonna try and be a little more consistent maybe every other week or so we've got a lot of content planned for you yeah definitely please so uh, so tweet at us uh, get on the discord tell us what you like dislike any ideas for the show stuff you want us to bring up we're we're an open book so bring it on we want to make the best best show we can 100 percent, yeah and i appreciate all the people who've come back and you know said some encouraging stuff about the new episode that came out for playstation uh, again, I'm sorry that I came out just a little bit late. It's not as timely as it needed to be. It's really encouraging to see people saying, like, hey, I was so excited to see this at work. Um, and some of you guys brought some stuff, some suggestions. Um, I want to thank Cowboy, actually, for bringing up the idea to do those in-depth location scouting. I always loved getting that, and, you know, it'll be fun to try and see if we can uh, do that segment justice. Arjun and Rob are pretty good at it, so maybe we'll pick their brain on what they look yeah. for. Yeah, and if you guys heard a segment that you guys were, like, or a topic or a segment that they did back in the day and you just want us to rehash it uh, to get some fresh eyes on it or thoughts, we're happy to do that. Um, I think it's safe to say the three of us in here love the show. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in here. And there's a couple other guys that have committed to doing some episodes. And this uh, community is awesome. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. So it was great. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Later. See ya. Thank you.